Welcome everybody to the Catch Up Cast. My name is Ben and I'm joined with my best friend Ryland. How you doing, Ryland? I'm doing pretty well, Ben. How about yourself? I love hearing that. I really do. I love Music Cures. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Today, we are going to finish this damn game of the year (laughs) thing. Or, I don't know, I said game of the year, thing of the year that Mm. we started a month ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, before it comes 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But first, it's catch-up time, Rylan. Yes, yes. So, let's see. New things over the week. Let me think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want I want to know. Tell me all your deep, dark secrets. Uh, let's see. So, last week, or I guess technically this week, um, consisted of a good amount of... Oh, basketball. Played a lot of basketball this week. Um, so I've been going to the rec more, uh, to play basketball. And so in high school, I used to play basketball like once a week, or every day, uh, every day I would play, I would just go to the rec, play basketball. And, um, I got like not to my own horn, but like I got okay, um, there. Doop, and doop. it was, uh, <laughs> basketball is like the only sport I like playing. I, I don't know. It's just. I'll play other sports and stuff, but I just something about basketball. It's it's like when there's not a pickup game going on, it's it's just relaxing to shoot hoops, you know. I mean, um, you're a lanky white man. Yeah, is, is that, <laughs> so I fulfill that stereotype. Basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love your response there too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't dunk though. I've always wanted to dunk, and I can't. I've never hey, been man. able to dunk. White men can't jump. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. That was a good movie. It is. Leslie Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Good stuff. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so um, got back oh, into playing basketball, and like the first time I got out there, <laughs> felt like I smoked like four packs of cigarettes after a game. I just was like coughing, wheezing, and uh, it, was, it was a sorry sight. Like, uh, And I'm also significantly older than most of the people playing. <laughs> um, oh, really? I was going to ask you, like, you know, how big's your rack and, and what kind of crowd comes? Um, so it's it's weird. Like where I live, there's a huge retirement community. So there's a lot of older people there, um, but not at the basketball courts. At the basketball courts. They're over uh, at the machines getting ripped. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're all got their eyes on each other and it's where they go to meet. Um, Damn, she's only 76. <laughs> hell. She's 60 on the bed. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but, so this rec center is also right next to the high school. Um, and so especially like after like four o'clock, uh, you see like a shit ton of high schoolers, uh, some of which play basketball. (laughs) And so, uh, at the high school. Um, and so they're, uh, they're pretty good. So I'll try to go early in the morning, uh, to play with people more like my speed, I suppose. Um, but I mean, the the biggest way to get better is just play with those younger guys, you know. Um, yeah, challenge yourself. Yeah, holy shit, though it's like, oh man, I'm just it's 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 weird, like knowing how I was every day playing basketball, and then like looking at myself now, you know, it's like, what have I been doing? Um, but in in actually yeah, in actuality, like I see myself getting better each day, and that's like that's a good feeling, just kind of playing my own game in that regard. Um, yeah, so play some basketball. Um, oh man, I got a story for you. 
Oh boy. So I love shaving, Ben. I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I love shaving my face Honestly, specifically. I don't know if I knew this. Yeah, I shave every day. Um, and it's like my morning routine. That. Um, yeah, and I, I have just a camera in your bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, as I love shaving so much, I invested in a shower mirror, um, or like a, a whoa, mirror, whoa, <laughs> a mirror to go in the shower to shave. Um, cause I figured that would be a nice feeling to have water lapping my back while I shower or while I shave my face. I'm trying to paint a picture for, our yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I got a, uh, mirror and so I set up in the shower and then I hop in the shower, uh, and I like, I start showering. I, I look over my shoulder and I catch a figure behind me. It scares the living shit out of me. And uh, it was me in the mirror. Uh, oh. It was... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, it was... It could have just as well have been, like, Norman Bates, you know? Um, scared the, it actually did scare the living shit out of me. Like, it, it's... It's kind of a weird thing to get used to, having a like mirror in the shower. shit in the shower. <laughs> Not that bad. Uh, maybe a little bit of pee came out, but... Well, like, when, when um, you reiterated it, actually <laughs> scared the living shit out of me. I was like, wait. Yeah, literally. Um, no, and, yeah, it was actually... It was really scary. Uh, and next few times, I was, I was a little bit like, huh. but then, it, yeah, it's weird thing to get used to, I suppose, uh, having a mirror in the shower. Um, but yeah. Exciting stuff, I know. My week. <laughs> All right, buddy. You give me something. How was your week? Yeah, man. Uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, I got real big news here. Oh, yeah? I got real big news. I have big news as well. Go ahead. Friday night. Friday, Friday night. night. Hold on. Off to a good start here. Friday night. No, Thursday night. Okay. <laughs> Thursday night, your boy mm-hmm. hit platinum in Rainbow Six Siege. Nice. So, yeah. What does that? What does that mean? Sorry, I didn't mean to like totally okay. take the wind out of your platinum <laughs> sales. So when, when you play, when you play ranked multiplayer, ranked competitive multiplayer, mm-hmm. you are given a rank. Okay. It kind of breaks down as uh, copper. If you have, so it's copper four three two one, silver four three two one, gold four three two one, platinum three two one, and then it's diamond. Okay, I ain't ever getting a diamond. What's the three two one? Oh, like like sub ranking within. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. yes. And so it is widely regarded that coppers are doofuses, like. They're just not very good, and it's funny because I okay. played with a copper the other day who was pretty competent. So I don't know, but coppers are normally people new to the game. Okay. Um, which, if you're new to the game, maybe don't play ranked. But you know, like you, you don't get a ranking until you've played ten ranked matches, and then it assigns you a ranking, and then you can move up and down from there. Okay. So, if you are a copper, that means you played ten ranked matches and were assigned a copper. Okay, so that means you lost a lot of games. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you're going into ranked solo 
and you're getting teamed up with people who aren't competent and you're carrying your team every time, but you're losing every match, that's going to probably give you a copper. Like, because <laughs> you're losing all of your ranked matches. But the algorithms are supposed to pair you with people who are below your below or equal or a little bit above your skill ranking. So, like, <clears throat> you know, naturally you should come out with a win. So... Copper means you're not very good. Silver means you're you're competent, but you're like, you know, not you're not like the best. Mm-hmm. Gold means you have been, probably been playing this game for a little while. You know what you're doing. You know, you can have your games where you're probably acing it, which is when you take out all five people on the other team alone. Um you know, you can clutch it in a 1v4 situation, something like that. Like, you, you're, you're, you've got game knowledge and you've got the skills to show that you can you can play really well at times. Platinum is basically, like, you're very good at this game. Like, you... You've made it. You're better than average, yeah. Or I would say gold is almost, is like, from average to a little bit above average. Because, like... Gold three, gold two, gold one. They can beat plats in one on ones. It just depends, you know. It's like that's right, you're not consistently a platinum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like you're you're a good player. For consistency, yeah, that's a good yeah, way. Yeah, you're to, a good that's player. That's a better way to put it. <clears throat> um, and so platinum is you are a very good player, and diamond is you are the best players. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never gonna get there. Okay, really? Like, what? Why? Is it that big of a jump from platinum? Yes. Yes. How, how so exactly? Oh, like, well, okay. Platinum's describe. already a jump. So, okay, me and a squad, like, we went at it for five hours Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I was like, guys, I have been a gold one all fucking month long. I have to hit platinum before this season ends. I've I never, I've never been platinum because I, I used to not play ranked. I used to only play mm-hmm. casual because... I, I only want to play ranked if I've got at least two or three other people to squad up. Like, <clears throat> hopping into a ranked as a random can be a toss-up. A lot of the time, most of the time, everybody's got a mic and they're hoping that that, that, that solo is, is talking. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> but you don't know how that person plays. You don't have, maybe you don't have good Like the chemistry with, with the team. Do maybe you think they're that assholes. Yeah, I got into a yeah. fucking match where people were just fucking assholes. And I oh, like they were on. clickish, and then you like were um, yeah. I didn't have or... my mic on um, because it was late, and Heather was trying to get some sleep. So I was like, I'm not gonna talk. And mm. they were like, it was a like a couple of kids, and then some older people, and they were being fucking. The kids were being so annoying. Mm. They were good at the game, but all they would do is so they would inevitably die immediately, like. I don't know why. We were against a good team. But they would die, and then they would just observe my play and criticize everything I was doing while I was doing it. And I'm just ignoring them, because I like I don't care. Like, I don't care what you think about the way I play or, or anything. Because I don't play with, um, like, 80 sensitivity. Or, I, like, I'm not comfortable with that. So, I play with a, just a little bit above default sensitivity. <clears throat> And I know I'm not the best shot in that game, so I try to make up for it with creativity and, you know, trying to subvert expectations of the other players and whatnot. Like, right. that's how I've managed to get where I'm getting, is by trying to trick people. Um, yeah. Seems like it's been working for you, too. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a clutch the other night where it was me, 
like we we were we were down zero to three. We came back and it's four four. So this is match point. Whoever wins this wins the whole ranked match. And the two guys, I don't have a mic on, two guys in my squad are being pretty annoying because they're being sore losers when they lose and they're blaming their team, even though they're not carrying us. So I don't know what's going on. I don't, you know, whatever. They're delusional. They both die. It's me and one teammate left. And they just go, GG, man, it's over. Like, whatever. We had like 10 seconds to get on the point. So I rushed the point kill a Jaeger who's trying to peek me immediately, run in, turn right, kill the lesion. So now the time is out, but I'm in the point and it's contested. So we're okay. <clears throat> my teammate dies and a Caviaria is coming through the front is at the front door. I shoot at her with my last few bullets and I miss. She immediately knows where I am. I drop down behind some of the, we're in like an office room, like an administrative office room with a lot of like cubicles. <clears throat> so I drop down on the ground. I know she knows where I'm at. So I immediately throw a smoke grenade to my far right. As soon as I throw it, I prepare to start jumping over the cubicles to start rushing her with my pistol. Because I don't have time to reload. She's got a submachine gun. She's, you know, I'm not going to fuck with that. <clears throat> and I'm also, like, adrenaline rushed going. Right, yeah, I was about to ask, yeah. Pulled off. <laughs> this is all happening in a matter of seconds. Yeah, this is, I recorded it, so I'll have to show you sometime. So I throw that smoke grenade off to the side because I'm, I'm trying to create a diversion. I'm hoping that she is thinking that I'm going to go over there. Now I know that she's not, I know that the person playing the game is not dumb. I know that they are not going to fall for it. Right. <clears throat> but since they're also heightened on awareness, since it's a four V four and they're doing the same thing I'm doing, they are at least, at least going to look over there. All right. I need is that split second to break their attention or to get them to second guess. So when I throw that smoke grenade and I start to jump over the cubicle, the smoke goes off, so there's a huge plume. They tried throwing an impact grenade behind, like over at my cubicle. It went past me and blew up behind me while I was jumping over. She then tried to take some shots, but was slow behind me. And then I started firing my pistol at a cubicle wall, and I was hitting her through the cubicle wall, and I killed her, and we won. Nice. And so did you win over your team? Yes. Yes. And yeah. they blew up. They were so excited. They were like, oh, fuck yeah, oh my God, you know, and I'm like, yeah. whatever, right? Did, whatever. You got, that must be, a, you must have felt a little good. I uh, felt that incredible. Must a, I mean, I, I, do you feel, I'm saying like, I understand there are assholes and everything, but did winning them over a little bit feel good a little, at least a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. But it's more of like a, Yes. Yes, it is one of those moments where it's like, look, don't don't criticize the way other people play right. a game because it might look bad to you and you might doubt them, but they might come out. And it's happened to me before, you know? Like, I'm not the one that's going to vote to kick them as soon as I think they're playing poorly. People right. do that a lot. But, but I am thinking in my head, fuck, dude, you don't have this. Like, from the way you're playing, I can tell you're not going to get it. No. And sometimes they pull it off, you know? So sometimes even I'm wrong. But yeah, in in that instance, I am I'm I'm really confident that that smoke grenade made all the difference. That she for a split second looked left or that broke her attention when it went off. <clears throat> and she very quickly recovered because then I was jumping over the cubicle. But she decided to throw an impact grenade 
which put her gun away for that split second that I needed to get over that cubicle. So when by the time she switched back to her submachine gun and took some shots, she was behind me, and then I was down out of view. But I got to see where she was standing in that moment when I jumped over the cubicle. So I knew where to aim my pistol and start firing immediately. So as soon as I started firing and I got the kill, I was just like, fuck yes, fuck yes. Like there was a... There was a person watching me in a different game where they were like, yo, this Ben guy plays so generic, but it works. And I was like, because you guys are all in your head thinking that you have to play at some other level to be competent at this game. But you don't. You just have to be smart. You just have to think about what you're doing. And like, I will lose a lot of one-on-ones because I'm maybe not the, the... you know, the Twitch shooter or the reflex shooter or something, <clears throat> or like I have my moments, but, but in like all around, I'm not going to put my sensitivity on, you know, 80 so that I can turn around faster than my right. opponent. I'm not going to per- I'm not that person. I'm not comfortable playing the game that way. So I'm not going to make that change. I like the way I move. It moves at a certain speed that allows me to pick up the information that I need to pick up and also allows me to be accurate in the event that I need to take a shot at someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting, dude. I, uh, <laughs> uh, do you, do you feel like once you play with, I, I know you're not going to be like this, but do you, uh, if you're being honest with yourself, do you uh, playing with me? Do you feel like there's going to be some, like, you know, have your head and uh, your head in your hands with like, Oh my God, this is rough to watch. <laughs> uh, 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 no, uh, because I have, um, I've watched my, I understand I'm your friend and everything. play. Yeah. I've watched okay. my other friends play. And, and like I said, like the reality is we'll go into, we'll, we'll hook up in a casual game and we'll probably get teamed up with some people, like with a mix of, of skill ranges and whatnot. And I might, you know, I might get killed by a copper. Like yeah. that's the thing about rainbow six. You get shot in the head, you're dead. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, it's um, not, it's not going to be like be that. Really confident. Yeah. Oh, well, there's another thing, right? So, like, using an ACOG scope in that game gives you a massive advantage if you're not in close quarters because you can see very far, and people who practice with ACOGs are very effective at that. I don't really... This is, like... (laughs) This is, like, blasphemy, I think, to say. I don't really like ACOGs. I don't know what that that is, ACOGs. An ACOG scope is, like, a scope that has three to four times zoom. Okay versus the other scopes in the game are red dot sites, reflex sites. Those have a one-time zoom. They don't they don't effectively zoom in. They just clean up your your aimed at your ADS, your aim down sights. Mm-hmm. So when you pull the gun up to your eye to look, a reflex or a red dot is going to clean up your the you know, all of the clutter that's around your target, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything is like calibrated to so that that red dot is where your bullet's going to go. Gotcha. But you get to see all the space around the red dot. If you're using the iron sights on a weapon, you have to see the, your weapons in the way of a lot of what you're trying to see. Yeah, yeah. That's a big reason so, I like red dot scopes. Exactly. Red so dot. reflex sights and red dot sights are really effective for that reason. But people use ACOGs so that, you know, if I rappel on the outside of a building and then use an ACOG to peek through a window, I can <clears> see, like, I can aim much better at your head or yeah. at you. And if you peek or if you walk by or if you're hiding in there, I can get a shot off. I can get a confident shot off. Whereas if I'm using a, a reflex sight, you know, it's not it's not as likely. But I just yeah. try to overcome that by being as accurate as possible with my reflex. Like 
I do a lot of, I try to do a long, a lot of long range kills with a red dot sight and it can work. You just, it's harder some, <clears throat> sometimes, but I am somebody who finds myself in a lot of close quarter fights. I can't use an ACOG in close quarter fights. It fucking throws me off, dude. And I think that's a, that's, a, that's another thing that holds me back from diamond diamond. Everybody's going to be using ACOGs. Um, but also uh, a shame on PS4. People are hooking up mouse and keyboard, so they're PS4s. Uh, and, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. Um, so it can't be detected, apparently. Um, so Ubisoft can't do anything about like stopping them from playing online. Yeah. It is the most shameful thing in the world. Yeah. Like, that's how lame that's are just you shitty. to hook up. Yeah. Like, how lame are you to hook up a superior aiming input like a mouse to a game where nobody else is using a mouse? Like. It's just, it's so lame. It's so lame. Yeah. Like, how can you feel good about doing well in a game? Yeah. How do you feel when you die? How do you feel when you don't do well? And other people are using controllers, using a mouse and keyboard, and you're still getting your ass smashed. Yeah. That, that's, I played with somebody who was using a mouse and keyboard, and they were being really cocky about it. And I was just like, you fucking suck. Yeah. You fucking suck. Go play. It's no longer a level playing field, you know? Like, uh, that's just fucking shitty. Like, I know um, it's better. Go play on the PC. Like, that's why it's there. Yeah. Anyway, Hit Plat 3, that was a huge, huge deal for me. Um, it will give me, like, a special uh, a special emblem to mm. hang from the end of my gun that will represent that I hit the Platinum ranking in this season, Operation Wind Bastion. Mm. So, it was like, you know, it's like a, it's a, a personal achievement. Nice, uh, dude. Congratulations, man. I don't know. I'll hop on with my crew and try and keep climbing to plat two or plat one or something. I'm mm-hmm. not opposed to it, but it's it's way easier to drop and rank than it is to climb. You're not That's gonna you're not gonna give up the game now. No, <laughs> you hit plat. Okay, good. No fuck no. But now I don't have to worry about trying to hit it because I hit it. Yeah, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Because like my, I'm so thankful to those guys who fucking played with me for four to five hours they were like we gotta help them get there we gotta do this we gotta uh, do this were they all platinum no okay no none of them were actually or one of them was yeah mm. snow yeah he's a plat three uh, but everybody else was a uh, gold three we actually had a silver but he doesn't play like a silver uh he said that he had a bad few rounds and dropped to a silver but we were primarily all golds with one plat three mm. No coppers. No coppers. No coppers. Oh, I was was like, what did you say? Yeah, no coppers. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's exciting, man. Congratulations. Oh, man, yeah. I'm excited to play with you too, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. They shared some of the internet sitch at the house. Um, Yeah, you need to just get that extender. It's expensive. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to change your world. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Well, Ben... I, like I have I have news for you. You have news for me. Yeah. Are you sitting down? Uh no, I'm standing up. Alright, well you may want to sit down for this. Okay, hold on, give me a second. You good? Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um if you didn't get it, I was sitting that whole time. <laughs> I, I I got you. Uh, um, let's see. I started playing The Witcher 3. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. 
Um, I like Hold that on, game. I'm take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I know we talked in the past of like I just totally fell off that game and ended up kind of not liking it. Um, yeah. But um, I I thought about kind of like my own pitfalls. Uh, like we talked about um, going in into open world games with kind of a completionist like mindset um, yeah. and how that can get pretty overwhelming. Um, and yeah, so I've been playing a little bit here and there and I kind of, <laughs> it's almost like um, I'll play just like a mission or like a quest before I go to bed. Like it'll be like a, reading like a chapter from a chapter book, <laughs> you know? Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, uh, I really, really like the dialogue in that game. It's very clever. It's really um, good. Like the character stories are just really good. Like every character has, I don't know, no character is really generic or anything. Like even characters you meet casually, um, there's always there's an interesting background there uh, with them. Yeah. None of them feel like less. Um, like none of them feel like less of a person compared to the protagonist. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. Like it's, they, I, it's I, all it's, like it's, families and uh, not all, but um, it's. Well, what were you? Gonna, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's it's unbelievable because it's hard to figure out how how do you do that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you successfully create a a a, a character that you play as the player that is the protagonist that is supposed to feel and be special and mm-hmm. in this, in this world, but also not have them be necessarily like Superman matter more yeah. than like your everyday citizens who are dealing with problems. Yeah. And it's, I do think it's, it's all about the rate, the writing and, and Geralt's approach to other people's problems. He is like, you know, he doesn't, say i can do anything for anyone at any time you know he's not that person but he's also not always like necessarily trying to pass up people who just need simple help Mm -hmm. in the event that he can actually do some good for them yeah yeah and um like for example early on um or relatively early on there's this uh, new military power you know the black ones um and it's it, it's not it, like early on it's kind of presented and like you, you thinking about past games it's just like this like uh, like this uh, I don't know big brother the or yeah the North Guardians uh, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, and but then you go to meet this general and he's talking to a peasant and this peasant is like how much grain can you give this like our branch of military uh, this peasant's like uh, I, I can give you a lot like as much as you need or whatever and then the generals uh, goes, uh, look at these hands. Uh, they're callous. These are not. Uh, these are not um, like these are not hands of excellency. So speak right. to me, peasant to peasant. And then you find out like this dude was essentially a peasant, but uh, when the military power came in, like he um, got the opportunity to essentially like uh, join and climb the ranks. And yeah. so now he's going through kind of this conflict of dealing with peasants because like. He doesn't want to like he doesn't want them to like take advantage of him or anything, uh, but and but he and he wants to uh, like provide for the people, but he also wants to kind of balance that out with like this military presence, you know, of this like kind of new faction, you know, um, right? And that's really interesting. Like uh, it doesn't just come off as like some generic general or anything like that, you know? Yeah, I mean? and 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 I'd I'd be interested to hear 
I don't know how far you've played in that, but so I just um, completed the Bloody Baron quest last night. Oh, okay. So yeah. then you've seen where that guy's quest kind of continues to go. He is. Yes. He he, you know that Nelf Guardian soldier. In that moment, you are sort of like, oh wait a second, he cares about these people. Maybe you know, like he mm. or he can relate on a level. Um, but then it, and, he like ends up having but, to make an example out of someone. Yeah, yeah. But then later, he's he is not even for a second afraid to make an example of a peasant and to yeah, I, uh, <laughs> give him lashes because it and it, it it just it paints it helps flesh out what what the Nilf Guardians are like what right. their lifestyle is what their culture is and and How like, this is that new, is so normal you know to a lot of these people like this is new to. A lot of them uh-huh. still, and they're yeah. still figuring well, they're, it out, being, you know. Yeah, it's it is. You know, you are you are uh, reaching your hand out and saying, "Here, grab my hand. I will help you." And then mm-hmm. when you help them up, it's like, in the process, you got mud on my boots. Like I'm gonna right. slap you, basically. Yeah, uh, you did. You 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 didn't fulfill our agreement to the whole, or. You know, like I, I tried to be nice and you took advantage of my generosity and yeah. it's like, no, this guy's just actually struggling to do something. But but yeah. then he's like, but here comes the discipline, you know, like, yeah. And like even strict. even at the end there. Um, so because you go kill the griffin for this guy, you know, um, and yeah. and he like gives you information that he could have like easily given in the very beginning that like Jennifer was like nearby, you know, Um and yeah. and Geralt's like you can just like you could you can just tell me that in the beginning, and the yeah. dude was like, yeah, I could have, but then you wouldn't have killed the Griffin. And so him. you kind of leave him. And at first, I was like, man, this guy's like kind of a dick. But then I was thinking, like, part of this dude actually does care about these people, and like this Griffin killing people on main roads, you know. Um, and so I, it's. But then he also cares about the Nilfgaardian Guardian convoys right. being able to safely pass. Yeah. That exactly. Is, yeah. That is the Witcher to me. Like that is what is yeah. so phenomenal. These characters are so complex and realistic. They yeah. are not one-dimensional, predictable people. And when <laughs> they are predictable, it's because you understand their motivations and who they are. And I think right. the number one person here in all of this is fucking Dijkstra. I, so I don't know who that is, actually. I'm okay. not. When you get there, he is impossible to read. Oh, is he the big guy? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my first time He's through, so I even hard have... to figure out. That yeah. man is so clever. It's unbelievable. His yeah. his writing and his everything that that guy does is fucking incredible. It is so hard to keep up with. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I remember the first time I met him, I was like, this dude's a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, and then there, he's just very blunt, but he comes from a good, he has a good heart, I think. I, well, I'd be interested. I, I haven't you'll played see. the game in yeah, a while. Yeah, so, you'll see. He's, yeah. You'll, you'll learn a lot about about him in general. Yeah. Um, so I really, like, admire, um, I was about to say the story, but just kind of like the like the mini stories and side quest stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh Awesome. I, I'm. I, I still really don't like the combat, so I put the game on easy. Um, cool. Just to cool. kind of 
fly through that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been working out so far. I, I still don't like the combat. But um, yeah. I, I think yeah. part of it yeah. is that I'm just not used to it, you know, still. Um, so I think that will be okay. I, w- I wanted to ask you, though. So, like, there is, like, you can basically, like, pick up everything in that game. Um, what is actually, like, what is actually stuff I should pick up um, and sell? Because I, like, right now, there's all these fucking herbs and, like, all these, like, crafting things. And I Pick up all the herbs. Pick up all the herbs. Like, uh, you don't have to. I'm not going to stop to pick up every herb. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go out and, like, make sure you grab every herb. But if you come across an herb, take it. Because once you craft a potion, you no longer have to craft it again. Okay. Once you craft it, it is known, and then it refills when you meditate. Mm-hmm. So if you've used it up or if you've used all of them, you just meditate and they refill. Um, and they're refilled using like uh, Dwarven Spirit and other alcohols in your inventory. So definitely pick up Dwarven Spirits. You'll never have a, you should never have a problem running out of those. As far as okay. things to sell, um, don't, don't try to pick up and sell any generic weaponry or armor. Yeah, um, I've been straying away from that based on the comment. Yeah, it's made. really not worth it in the long run, but if you do find yourself like far from being over encumbered, there's nothing wrong with grabbing a few uh like blue or yellow coated uh weapons or armor mm-hmm. just to sell for a few extra florins at yeah a blacksmith or something because you know uh there that that game does start to that game does make sure to treat you like a poor witcher um which you know the economy in the game is pretty punishing because of that like the idea is supposed to be that you are going out you're fucking working your ass up all the time and you're hardly paid for shit you know you'll go out and you'll do something (laughs) all my money yeah all my money has been going towards Gwent cards, by the way. <laughs> Dude, and I would say uh, totally do that too because there are Gwent tournaments when you get to Novigrad that are very mm-hmm. difficult that um, if you can win, you can get some cool shit. So, Yeah, yeah Gwent's fucking it. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I... I uh, break down like so many different items into... Uh, every item in that game can be dismantled into another item. So that is like I, I do find the menus still like pretty overwhelming, um, and I, I like playing the game on easy right now because I'm still in like the armor that I got at the beginning of the game, you know, and like I still have like the weapons and all like the default stuff essentially, and I've been kicking ass for the most part through the game. Right. Uh, it's like, yeah, I will like if I could play this game this entire time with just this armor and these two weapons, I'm content. Like I that is a okay with me. Um, but, so the reason why it's funny that you say that is because you like Dark Souls so much. Uh, yeah, but I don't really like. I don't necessarily like love the menu or spending time in the menus in Dark Souls no. or anything. Um, no, I mean that when you put The Witcher on a harder difficulty, it very much becomes about knowledge and preparation of what you're facing, and yeah. and there's a flexibility to it in in your signs and whatnot so that you can try to main, you know, your, uh, your weapons towards your play style. So right now, for example, my current build is very much signs focused. I like to use my magic a lot. Yeah. So all of my, 
you like your weapons. So then if you like using your weapons, then a lot of the a lot of the things that you want to slot into your swords and into your armor are going to be things that are like adrenaline point gain. So that mm. as your adrenaline increases, your attack damage increases. Critical chance gain, uh, bleeding, poise, chance to poison, things like that. Things mm. that are going to affect on every swing. Whereas a lot of mine are, um, you know, increased to sign intensity and <clears throat> increased to igni intensity to where the way, like when I'm coming into a battle, I'm dropping like two different Yurden traps that are slowing down enemies in this entire <clears throat> play area. And then I am just like setting them on fire, hacking away at them and then putting up a shield to gain some health back, stuff like that. So it is very much about your play style. There is, I, I do like game. using signs. Like I actually mm-hmm. really like um, that kind of but that's strategy. So cool in the, this in the game. game, like I'll, I'll, I have the, I have the collector's edition strategy guide. I'll mm-hmm. take some pictures of some of the loadouts and they have some that are designed for the person that just likes using the swords. And it will tell you here's the best armor you can get. Here's the best sword you can get. Like this is where you. This is how you want to uh, spread out your your points in your skills and stuff. If this is the try, kind of person you're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Now, a really helpful skill I would say maybe to think about doing is Axie, which is uh, the one that you can cast on enemies in mid battle to daze them or yeah. at a higher level maybe to even turn them to your side. If you don't want to go that far, that's fine. But I really like think that's about getting like my that favorite one, one so far with the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the first, because the first one, if you level that up all the way, you can use it during dialogue. And there will be yeah. moments where somebody says something you don't like and you really want out of it. But the only way out of it is if you can, if you have a level three of delusion and you can actually use it on them. And yeah. there's no way to do it. Cause yeah, there's a up. there's a dialogue option that popped up, and I wasn't level two with Axie. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck, I'm definitely investing in this." Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, it worked out. But I, I don't think it's gonna work out later on in the game <laughs> uh, with that low. Um, let's see. I was trying to think. Fuck, I want to tell you something. Um, oh man, so uh, my first playthrough to the game, I was I was basically like picking up all the quests, you know, and uh, like picking up everything and it just got overwhelming and like it was hard to like keep track of just what was going on in some of the quests um and i remember i failed a couple quests and i fucking that bothered me so much uh, because it was like yeah i I just like totally missed something here or i i and i will say like sometimes the game is not necessarily like good at like communicating like what the game wants out of you at some parts. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I think some of those failures are just like, that's part of the experience. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. So like, you it, can't do, you can't win everything. Yeah. And there, I, at the, there are, there is a little bit of like, fuck, I want those experience points, you know? Yeah. It's the video um, game player inside of you too. Exactly. Like with the just experience. No, I don't want, I don't want a failure. What? I don't want to yeah, fail. Exactly. And it stays on like your mission thing uh, under yep, failed it missions. It stays under you know? failed missions. Yep. Um, but so going into this, I was like, okay, one, like one plus at a time. Uh, and I'll like take in the information and everything. And then like early on, I failed a quest. I was like, fuck, God damn it. Um, it was, a uh, fuck. There was a, like, there was a woman who was sick and she, you could use like a witcher medicine on her. Um, but it was, 
it may not work mm, and, and, or yep. something. And, um, but the way it was like said in the dialogue was just like, it was just like, uh, Geralt just like commenting on it. And so I didn't really think anything of it. And I didn't even catch like a mission, like a quest thing popped up. Um, and then later on I looked in there, I was like failed. I was like, fuck, I want, like, I wanted to explore that. Um, I actually debated starting the game over <laughs> to do that, oh, <laughs> but I was like, no, so wait, what did you I, do? I can't you do that. The, the thing? No, it, well, like the way it was presented, I didn't even know, like, uh, maybe I missed it, but it's like, um, it, cause when Geralt was talking to her about it, it he just like mentioned like a witcher medicine and it, it just felt like he kind of commented on it and that there wasn't actually a mission that came, or like a quest that popped up because of that or like an option to do that um and so i was like okay whatever well, the reality then, of that one is you can't help her okay uh well the mission failed though like yeah are you saying you can't help her even after you give her the potion yeah like okay if you don't give her the potion then i i think uh, you're talking about Tomira, right? Like the the herbalist, and then she's yeah, got yeah. the girl on her bed. Yeah. So if you decide not to help, then I think like you know the herbalist is like ah you know you're you're a witcher you know you you don't you're you've been stripped of of emotions you don't care like you're just right. out there trying to do what you do and and the girl on the bed dies because you didn't help no. if you. Uh, risk giving her a, a swallow, yeah, which is a witcher potion. Yeah. If you go out and you craft it and then you bring it to her, or if you already have one and you give it to her, um, it's too much for her and it destroys her brain. And yeah, dies. well, the thing, you know, the, the thing though for me is like it didn't even, it was not really clear. And I, I admit maybe this is my fault. Uh, it was not really clear like that that was an option to like go out and get that for her or anything because like the way Geralt said it it was just like a comment and then like I didn't realize like a mission popped up from it and I like I know like a mission a quest thing there's no way like one didn't pop up I just didn't notice it uh, so like I, I'm attributing this to my fault um, but like there are other times where I feel like it's a little like unclear like what the game wants or like that like even options like are presented i guess oh, did you just um, did you just leave i basically just trip? left yeah yeah and then oh, i looked back okay. later and it said like mission failed i was like fuck okay i um, see i see yeah yeah i got you so you, yeah. you left you finished the prologue and you left yeah okay. so like that's one thing that really bugged me about my first time through is like it wasn't that necessarily happen later like when you have a mission for Skellige or for Velen or Novigrad, you can leave the regions and it won't fail. Uh, I, I, so specific that, to the prologue. So one thing that like bugged me about my first time through it is like it wasn't necessarily clear when there were like time sensitive quests, and so if you like continue with some things, um, then like it'll, it'll, this thing will pop up and be like oh, quest failed, like. Fuck, like, it was not clear that those times... Or, I don't know. And, like, it's hard to say, like, when this when is my fault and when it isn't. Maybe open it and read it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that more now. Yeah, because it will probably say, like... So sometimes those might those might feel like it's a time-sensitive thing, but it's not. It's actually because you did a different quest that intersects with that one. That's what it was, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. that's And that is a reality of this game. Okay. So... 
sometimes you are going to have, you might have two quests that are intersecting. One is going to fail and one is going to succeed. Okay. Okay. Because you can't do both because they, they contradict each other. That stuff can happen in this game. Gotcha. And it really is about giving up that, that video game mentality. Uh, Cause it hit me too, dude. It hit me real bad. You know, yeah. I didn't, I it, didn't like, like really bothered that. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's because we are so used to like completing things and winning and, and stuff. And so yeah. when, you know, when you see that you failed that quest, you, you got, you thinking there's gotta be a way to make it right. Mm-hmm. And there's not. And that so, is very intentional. I want to ask you, um, so I, I thought about this a bit and I want to ask you when you play, or I guess your first time playing the Witcher, like how did you how did you play it? Did you make decisions that you thought Geralt would make? Did you make decisions that you would make in this world, or or did you like try to like validate other characters? What what um, did you do? I played it the way that I play most of my RPGs, which is um, while I might be inhabiting a different character, um, I still see that that character is being like while that character has their own motivations and everything, mm-hmm. if the game is made well, then it won't feel dissonant for me to make my own decisions mm-hmm. um, through that character. So, and the Witcher succeeds at that. And like Mass Effect succeeds at that, but there are other games that don't do as good. Like apparently there's some bad stuff in Red Dead for that, where like, you feel like you have to play as, um, or or that in Red Dead when you when you play when you want to play character. with the negative karma the story and a lot of the dialogue written is sort of written to have Arthur maybe regretting what he's doing or mm-hmm. you know or like or wanting to vent about it um, but maybe you as a player don't actually care and mm-hmm. and it's not working like you're trying to be this outlaw and Arthur doesn't want to be. And so there is, they do, they try to attempt to like create a dissonant, even, dissonance even within Arthur, where like he is personally saying, I don't know why I'm acting this way. And that works to an extent, but there is still this weird, you know, disconnect with how you're trying to play Arthur if you if you are trying to be a careless outlaw. Right. It will not work well. And the story is, I honestly, I think the story is not as good unless you are trying to be good. Right. And The Witcher, on the other hand, uh, you can totally play the asshole who only cares about himself, who does not want to help other people, and the game doesn't really punish you for that either. No, which is no, not at all, awesome. not at all. Like and the, it's because the whole, you know, the whole, the whole concept around Geralt having his emotion stripped or whatever is that he's not, he's not really stripped of all emotion. That's, right, that's, they're, they're definitely not. There's times yeah. where the game shows and, that. And, and and witchers aren't. That like I feel like that statement is blown out of proportion. Witchers right. are not stripped of all emotion. Their emotions are just There's like hardened human beings. Yeah, they're know, dumbed like... down and they're simplified. Like you are you are not feeling complex emotions. You're not feeling you're often not feeling multiple emotions at a time maybe. You know, it is very like oh, okay. I am now I guess, angry. I guess I don't know I the details because it, it feels like, uh, like I understand they mentioned that before, but to me it feels like, man, these guys have just seen a lot of shit, you know? And exactly. No, I was gonna. I, that was that's that's the second part. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Is that they are also like, well, so 
they have seen a lot of shit, but the the trial of the grasses is definitely a like plays a, a big role in them losing a lot of those emotions. Is that the process of the their brain? Yeah, that's okay. the process that okay. they go through to become witchers. Um, right. Their bodies are flooded with with toxins and potions, uh. which is why only three out of ten actually survive the trial of the grasses. Yeah. So. Um, most die and if you make it out the other end you're a changed you're no longer like a human you know you are now a witcher you are different and so you still like as you can see through Geralt and through Lambert and through Eskel and through like every character every witcher that you ever meet they have emotions they feel things right they just don't feel it to the extent that normal people do right so and 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 some of and some other people are even more affected by it like lambert can be seen as truly emotionless but to say that he's emotionless is to say that he is also not experiencing anger and that's not true lambert gets very angry in the witcher 3 like there's a whole quest yeah. line with him where he is furious and so he is experiencing an emotion there but it is just dumbed down very much right. and it's more vengeance that is on his mind than right. actual like sadness or grief or something like that so I was interested in just the previous Witcher games uh, going into this because there were some things and another thing that bar- bothered me uh, playing a Witcher three is like there's some there's references to previous games and I was like I have no clue mm. what the fuck you're talking about or um, like I don't know who this character is that's like all yeah. chummy with uh, Geralt and so before playing this game I was like I'm just gonna watch the game movie for one and two. Oh, and no, fuck that, dude. It is uh, <laughs> no, like it is, it is boring as shit. Like, uh, uh, well, just because maybe there's a better game movie, but the way the story, like, think actually, so think about like early on how you progress through The Witcher Three and how, and this isn't a bad thing. Um, uh, it's basically like there's degrees of separation where like, hey, you want to get from point A to point B. But this person's not going to give you the information you need until you do this side thing for them. And then sometimes, like with the like the Bloody Baron thing, um, so like you need information from the Bloody Baron. He's not going to give it to you until you find his wife and uh, daughter. You know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. so he says, "Go talk to this Peller," and they'll like uh, to, and he may have information. And then the Peller is like, "Hey, go get my goat, and then bring it back." You know, and so like. There's a there's a through story there, and like the stuff you're doing is interesting within that. But there are like two degrees of separation from the main story right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yes, yes. The, I think that those I those I just don't think those games make for good movies. Exactly. So yeah. e- exactly like this is why this is like a video game, you know? Yep. Um, yep. And not a movie. And that that's um, like it's like it's another one of those things that like I I love about it so much is that it is this thing that is almost like only possible through a video game yeah and when i say that like the those degrees of separation like those aren't those aren't a bad thing like actually do like doing those quests and thing mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. trying to intake that as like a movie is like impossible you know what i yeah, mean yeah i could see that um, yeah it's like it's just it feels it like because when you're doing it in the game it doesn't feel like a bunch of fetch quests but when you're watching it as a movie it's like this is the most fetchy fetch quest thing in the fucking world you know right um, and it is because of it's because the reality i feel like it's funny it's the reality of of 
a lot of things that we do in life are very fetch questy in a sense when you break things down to their simplest parts you know like oh you know i had to go to this place and do this thing and then come back to this other person right it's like well yeah i mean that's structure right like that's it, it's it's how you it's how you flesh all of like why are you going there and how are you getting there and what are you doing when you're there and 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 how do you get back right. and like what's the response that's what fleshes all of that out people have a problem with fetch quests because fe- when fetch quests are posed as hey i need you to go collect uh three rabbit skins for me and then you come back with three rabbit skins like you just literally go out find three rabbits and kill them and come back and they're like thanks and you get experience right. points that yeah it's like an arbitrary it's like an artificial way to extend the story yeah. of the game and the yeah. witcher makes a joke um, about that too i mean there's when you yeah. go help the peller get his his uh his goat like princess yeah. there is a whole thing where you have to go fucking get this guy's goat you have to go fetch his goat and they they sprinkle it with you know funny things that make it actually entertaining in this like sort of commentary on bad fetch quests but but they make it interesting in the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with that one in particular, it's like, I understand you're making fun of fetch quests, but you're still making me do a fetch quest. <laughs> well, they're like... also, well, and they're also making fun of escort missions, though. Right, right. Because you're, like, trying to get Princess to follow you, and Princess won't follow you. And so they, they sprinkle it with clever, funny dialogue that makes that moment, like, memorable for you. You, like... Mm-hmm. You remember that fetch quest because it was so funny because Geralt's getting really frustrated with his fucking goat and a bear almost fucking kills it. And then you're like, why does this dude want this goat? Oh, (laughs) and so something that's pretty interesting uh, is like, um, I I didn't play like a ton of the game the first time through, um, but I do see differences now with uh, previous of my other time uh, through like... um, for example, this time through, I, I accidentally came across the bear before I saw the goat, uh, and so I killed. Yeah. The, and so I killed the and bear. He comments on it. Yeah, he does. Um, and he says, "Good thing I already took out that bear." Yeah, and then like with the botchling, um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. What did you do? So I uh, I tried to. I was like, okay, we're gonna turn this thing into a lubricant, you know? Yeah. Because um, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah totally. uh, and uh, but then uh, what, there was some wraith started attacking, and I like I guess I was not quick enough to kill um, the wraith, and so the botchling turned into like this horrible beast. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I didn't even know this could happen um, because like I did not get, like get back in time to calm it down with Axie, you know? Oh, um, and yeah. so it basically like turned into like a werewolf botchling, um, and I had to fight it. Uh, and, but so this uh, me being oh what is it? It turns into what? It is just a botchling. I I don't know. It's like a, it basically like turns into like this ogre type of bot thing. Yeah, not not an ogre, but was, I don't think there's a, um, a name for it. Yeah, I was like fuck. I didn't even know like this was this could happen. Um, it was pretty cool yeah. that this is in here. Uh, but me being me, I was like uh, I'm just gonna let this thing kill me because I really want to turn this into a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, the Leverkin yeah. way is the way to go, man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and also I, I, I will say like um, the first time I played through the game, um, I I think I was like a little, I validated characters too much that were talking to me because I was always mm-hmm. fearful. Like I always wanted to like get people to trust me so I could, yeah. so, it could, so that, like nothing would be closed off 
for me. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? You want to please everyone. Uh, well, but for my own uh, yeah, yeah. benefit, for, you know, like, own, I, yeah, like, like, I don't, I want oh, to I want trust sure with this person. The things you could possibly give me experience. Yeah. Or I don't want them to like be upset with me and not share information with me or, you know, um, but this time through, I'm actually like, uh, like, uh, for example, uh, let me, uh, let me give an example rather than try to explain it. So like the bloody Baron, um, he like wants you to go find his wife and daughter, you know, and, um, you find out the daughter's over in some other town yeah. and it's like, and like, you want to like, go get Siri, you know? And, and then you like have this conversation with, uh, the bloody Baron of, uh, where I was like, you drove her out, you know, like she didn't leave. You drove her out. You know what I mean? Um, and he's like, uh, so go find her. And I was like, no, I'm no, like you drove her out, you know? I, and like the first time through, I think I said like, yeah, I'll go find her. No problem. You know? But this time I was like, no, like give it, like we had a deal. Like you give me our information you drove her out, you know? And the, like, in my mind, I was like, this, it's her decision to come back to you. You know what I mean? It's not your, it's not your decision to make me get her, you know? Uh, like she's an adult. Um, and, and he was like, fuck you. And like, it, it just really angry at me and everything. Um, and I was like, I'm okay with this. You know, like, I think this will right. like bothered me the first time through of like, I felt like, I feel like, okay, this character no longer likes me or trusts me, you know? And now right. like that could compromise something. But then I found out like, oh no, like this is a, this is a total valid decision in this game. You know, like this is not the wrong decision, you know? Um, and th- that, that was refreshing of like, Cause there are times I, I feel like I'm pretty like blunt or pragmatic with characters this time through. Cause it's like, I would, okay, this person actually being an asshole and like, I'm going to be an asshole to you. Like, I'm not going to try to take the higher ground on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, did you go back to the swamp? Uh, to the swamp? Yeah. So let me be clear. I think there might be some of bloody Baron still left. Um, yeah, okay. because That's like it, because it like splits it up, where like I don't think it says family matters anymore. It says right. like something else. Yep, and it's so re- return to the swamp or something like that. I don't know, but I think I think that's Back bog. Mm, I don't remember. Um, return to ish. I think it's return to Crookback bog. I don't think that's come up yet, but I, I know what you're okay. talking about though from the first time through. Um, Did you? So you told him about uh, his wife? He knows where his wife is? So I don't think... Uh, I'm trying to think. Fuck. Because I don't think we know where the wife is yet. I think I need to do a little bit more investigating with that. Okay. Because like we know like where the wife was last seen and that she was attacked by a monster or something. Okay. Um, okay. But like I need to do okay. a little bit more investigating on like where she... Where, her whereabouts, I think. Right. Um, okay. So the 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 Lubberkin helped you figure all that out, right? Yeah. Like so, the okay. Lubberkin helped me figure out that like, she did get attacked, and like I, I forget if they and told they me were like trying where to she run is. Away. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, cool. but I, I forget yeah. if it tells yeah. you like where she is. Yeah. Uh, based on that. Um. Anyway, so last thing I want to say about The Witcher Three. Um, like that said, like I do feel like me being more comfortable playing this game like as i would like make these decisions and i i do th- like i think you're right like i think Geralt as a character 
like lends that to you um, mm. naturally. Like you feel like you can make your own decisions and it's not like there's this dissonance between Geralt and your own decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, th- that said though, like if I was truly playing this game, like um, what, like I would play this game, uh, I would just beeline to Siri, you know? And that's just not a reality of exploring that world, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's because like with every interaction with people, I would, if I if this was like truly me speaking, I'd be like, I don't have time for this, you know. But I do want to like, I don't want to like close off this quest. Like I, I do want to like, still explore this world, you know. And um, and like I, I don't want to like beeline to Siri and then try to come back to a mission that's like level three when I'm level twenty. You know what I mean? And it is um, it is people people gatekeeping that information from you. You know, ba- the Baron is 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 not giving you the information that you need about where she could put. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Like, uh, like that is like very much like part of the story, you know, but like, just like passerbys of like, Oh, like, can you help me? And it's like, I don't have time, you know? Um, and it's like, well, I do want to explore this world, you know? And this like, so there is a little bit of like the Ludo narrative distance there for me because it's just kind of like reality of like, it's still a game, you know, and like, this is like, and you created such an interesting world that I want to explore. Um, but like, if I were like really playing this game as me, it's like serious, like the only priority, you know what I mean? Not Gwen. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Gwen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I actually tried to like, uh, uh, um, I want to like get all the Gwen cards and like beat all the Gwen people, you know? Yeah. Um, have you done that? Yeah, on the Xbox or on my PS4. Yeah, and I really want. I just love one. Um, but um, I'm doing it again on the Xbox. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, on my on that new playthrough that I'm on, while I'm in Blood and Wine right now. I'm early, excited. I'm very early. happy you're playing this game because I think that there are a lot of really 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 incredible character moments and the dialogue is just so good that's like so witty and clever yeah it's phenomenal and it get and and like i'm just remembering you know like while you talk about it where where that story goes Mm. and you know how how good that game is seriously how good it is at making very very small moments way more important than than other games do um yeah with just like a line of of dialogue where that affects you and stuff mm. um and i'm yeah. just thinking of all the quests that are just so 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 good and where the story goes and how interesting and creative that fucking even that main storyline can get and mm. and and really like the biggest part of all of the, of the main storyline which is just the the stories and the interactions between the characters between mm. Geralt and and Siri and between Geralt and Yennefer and I strongly recommend go with follow your heart but I strongly recommend Yennefer um yeah I, I forget option I I for, met Yennefer but like I don't I I, I forget you don't have to, everything you, about Triss to like know that much know enough about her yeah you know? you'll well you'll 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 see Triss later yeah um, yeah like I think one of my missions is like go see Triss right now yeah um and Triss is awesome and she means a lot to Geralt but like she's not Yennefer <laughs> um and there are some there are also some quest lines uh for Yennefer that are like some of the best writing in that game as well yeah. so what if I balance 
both of them then. Um, might be an then, asshole. So if you try, if you try, spoilers, if you try to... Oh, wait, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. No, because I don't want you to do it, so I'm going to tell you. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually going to do it, but are you going to give away anything that is like a spoiler to the game? Itself? Only if you tried to do it. Okay, I'm not says. actually going to do that. So if you tried to romance both Yennefer and Triss, they will invite you to the room to a room and, and kill you. they'll you know be all in lingerie and stuff and they'll start touching you and Geralt's all like excited about it and they tie you up to the bed and then they leave your ass. That's pretty good. Because and then you can't and then that's it. You can no you can no longer progress any romance with either character. Mm, you try you tried to manipulate both of them and have a threesome and uh, they don't allow it and they get the best of you. It's awesome. Are there other characters you can romance besides Yennefer and Triss? Uh, yes. Because um, okay. I'd but, be curious to meet those other people. Because right, right uh, now I'm kind of iffy with Yennefer, so I don't know. So, okay, so so romance um, it, and not just sex because you can sleep with like a lot of different characters in the game. Um, okay. But Cause I, I feel romance, like not until, I don't think until the DLC, do you have the option to try and romance Shawnee from the Witcher one? See, but another thing this game does regarding that stuff is that it, it takes a European approach to love and sex so i okay i'm glad you said that because i'm actually i'm actually interested in that because like i was wondering um like if that's something like uh and i'm not saying like i want to do this or anything uh but i don't know yet um like if there's stuff in like uh uh, Geralt's and yennefer's relationship that lends itself to that like if yeah, if you're romancing either Yennefer, Yennefer or Triss, and you go to like a brothel, um, it doesn't affect your relationship with them because it's just. Is it sex. because they don't know about it? You think or no? It's more it's of actually it's, just. Well, sex. I suppose that it's just sex. Like okay. it's, and like I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of fan service stuff there too for for some of that. But sure. Um. Because Yennefer. Okay. It's because Yennefer is jealous of your relationship with Triss. Yeah, I get, yeah, she mentioned that early on. Of like, yeah. When you lost and, your memory. Yeah, and yeah. Triss is jealous of your relationship with Yennefer because they are both in love with you. But it is because of love that they're jealous, not because of sex. They... Right want you to be in love with them and they want to be in love with you and they want to be together with you and that's it they're not you didn't Yennefer's not upset oh you slept with Triss it's oh you like fell in love with her mm. like you had a and whole the, relationship I guess like uh, like the, these two are like monogamous right they're not uh, they're not mm-hmm. yeah they are monogamous okay I was just making sure it was like yeah I wasn't sure if there was anything because I know uh, not to stereotype, <laughs> but like I know Jennifer's like a sorceress, and I don't know if there's like just just different aspects of like love that are like more common 
in that culture. I I, I don't know. Oh, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, but okay. So I say follow the Art. end of her quest line because you. I don't know if you know, but. The big thing about Yennefer and Geralt is that they are in love because Geralt made a wish for them to be in love. Mm. I did not know that. Okay. It is... It is worded... Is that from a previous game? I assume that's from a previous game. That is from previous game. Uh oh. Fuck, dude. Really? God damn. Lost Ryland here. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna pause the recording and we'll come right back. Oh, oh. no, he's back. Can you hear me? You're back. Yeah, we lost you for a second. Okay, I could hear you the entire time. Oh. Um, very weird. Anyway, so I want to ask you. <laughs> actually, that was funny with how it cut out because I asked you if that's like the wish was something that happened from previous game. And then you said, uh oh. As like I was like, fuck, did you really like just spoil that for me? Oh. Like for this game. <laughs> I was like, no, like, it is from it is from like the the Witcher lore. It's from the books, I believe. It is older than okay. a game. Okay. Interesting. Um, Best reference in this in this game. Yes, it's brought up and there is an entire quest line around it, and I strongly recommend that you chase that quest line. Um it, it's really good. Feel like, really <laughs> huh? feel like you're pushing me towards Yennefer. Huh? Feel like you're pushing me towards Yennefer. Yeah, you really should. Honestly, like Triss is awesome and fun. So that's why this is like I know that a lot of people have disagreements. You know, everybody has their favorite. And I like I have some red flags with Yennefer early on. Actually, totally, dude. Um, dude, she is. She can be very childish. She can absolutely. But it's funny. It, okay, look, it's funny to me because it's all born out of this love. For you, like, I guess, but like, there's some things where it's like, wow, you're not trying not this relationship okay. at all. Like, yeah, I'm know. not saying it's okay. Like, like I, like, she's a sorcerer. No, I'm saying like outside of that, there's like some things where I'm like, wow, you're not putting any effort in this. Um, ah, ah, yeah, okay. So stick with her, please. Stick with her, because she will flesh out more and more. And Triss does too. And Triss is awesome. And Triss cares for Geralt a lot. And Triss is better at showing it. But I truly think that if we have... Okay. Here's a way of putting it, I guess. If you're in a relationship with someone and everything is amazing... And you've been together. This is going to get sad, I guess. Okay, that's fine. You've been together for like 10 years and then they die. And then you meet someone new five years later and you fall in love again. Triss is the new love and Yennefer is the old love in a sense that. Mm. Okay, I guess I just have to see. At least in, in this example, the person that passed away was the person that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with who like you, you will never be replaced and this new person is incredible and you absolutely want to spend the rest of your life with them from that point forward but like you know for for a lot of people in the world there's like one person that just sort of stands out for you or something like sure 
there's one love that is like that true love. And, and I just more see Yennefer as that true love for you or like for like everybody. For Geralt. Like, okay. Okay. And it's because of who Geralt is and what, and, and like Geralt's tendis, tendencies and like what the things that the way he acts and the things he loves and enjoys, like Triss brings this young lightness out of him sometimes but Yennefer feels like it brings his soul out. I don't know what it is. Maybe yeah, I'm, I definitely don't have that impression right now. So I'll, I'll yeah, give it a shot people, you're see. really like, you're real early on. Yeah. You're real early yeah. on. Because I'm like, man, this is also, person is like com- it, really bad. It, well, it for also a girl, just comes like, from. It's right funny now. because Geralt. And okay, just play. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, it sounds like we're I, like. We're reaching a point where and it's like, I just, and, need, and, to, and, I just know, need to see more of Yennefer and Triss. Yeah, because I honestly think that, like, I'm painting it with my own opinion a lot. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll get your own opinion after you play through it. I just think that, um, I think it's, I, I, I would strongly recommend, just do whatever you feel, but I strongly recommend that you consider um, Yennefer. But, on, but honestly, I'll give her a, like, I'll give her an honest it. shot, you know, um, but, yeah. like, I don't want you to like trudge through it. So, <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I guess it's good to know, like, cause my early impression of Yennefer is like, wow, they're like, I understand there's things uh-huh. going on here that you can't, uh, I'm talking Yennefer here, like that, that you can't like tell me about, but I really like, don't feel like you're trying this relationship at all. And there's some okay. things here well, that are a little okay. childish. She, um, well, dude, you just, I know. I, you just spent a whole thing like with another woman, <laughs> like she's hurt. <laughs> okay, just, and so I just, and like I don't, I didn't really know that, you know. Um, right, like, that's right, that's right. You didn't yeah. know that, that's right. Yeah. Well, but even like with that is like, yeah, like uh, I don't know. Uh, well, she's posed, and I know the game tries to pose her as like Jennifer Vingerberg, like your lost love in a sense, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now you know. <laughs> um, Yennefer was basically you were ba- you were raising Siri with her, like Siri is like a daughter to Yennefer, just as she's like a daughter to you. Like, Yennefer were you is, raising her with her? Because like, because uh, she wasn't at. Uh, she was. Carol said she was never at um, the mail, whatever the mail, the mail, the Witcher hideout place, whatever it was. Oh, Caramoran. Uh, Caramoran. Yeah, because like who wasn't where? Because uh, uh, so uh, Yennefer, it said I could have sworn that uh, Geralt said she, like she's never been at Caramoran because um, in the dream you have at the beginning oh, of the game, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Yennefer is there, uh, uh-huh. and then when you're telling Visimir, Visimir, Visimir about the dream, you're like yeah, Yennefer was here there, which is weird because like she's never been there. Right. Like, well, okay. she didn't. Yeah, she didn't, but she didn't teach, she didn't like be a mother to Siri at Kaer Morin. She, okay, but she still had an active. Yeah, she uh, taught her like magic and shit. Her. Okay, yeah. I see. Okay. She like, she, she, so, uh, she's a sorceress, so she's sterile. She can't have a child, and neither can Geralt. You know, they can't okay. have the kids. Man, I love and this so, game. Like, go ahead. Huh? <laughs> I love this game. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, they can't have, they can't have children. So, um, you know, Geralt get, you know, uh, adopting Siri through that law of surprise is like, 
him having to start to become a father in a sense, uh, but he's still a fucking witcher, you know, right? Um, but she, being very close to Geralt at the time, like, taught Siri magic and 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 sort of raised her a little bit. So you'll you'll see, like you like I said, you'll see as you keep playing when when you find Siri, um, and Siri and Yennefer will talk. Like you you'll 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 get all of this. Yeah, you, know, you will. You will see all of it. I'll say so. A little aside here: uh, Siri, as a kid, looks way different than she does as an adult. Like <laughs> two separate people. Where I'm like, this, is, yeah, it is like a very stark contrast. Or like, wow, you do not look at all like a younger version of yourself. Or like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and like it's funny because then you like see older Siri, but then there's this painting of her, like next to her, like where her dad is, you know. Like, and the painting looks like, like, I don't know, like someone totally, like a painting of someone else, you know? Yeah, um, well, that's art sometimes, you know? Uh, she looks, like, <laughs> so different, dude. It's like, I, I'm like, how the fuck did you, like, and and it's like, this is within, like, uh, uh, it, it's like a, not necessarily, like, complaint or everything, or anything, but it's it's, like, almost that because everything else in the game is like so detailed and like, so there's just such a great uh, attention to detail. Um, it's like, that is like something that stands out hugely. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas yeah, like with yeah. any other game, it's like, Oh, whatever. It's just like character model a, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. this is like, Oh wait, fuck. This person's like, you don't look at, ah. okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on from the Witcher. Oh, I don't want to though, but okay. A lot we'll of Witcher talk. We'll on. Yeah. yeah so we'll move on. Yeah. Um. God, I love that thing. I love that game so much. Um, I'm still playing it. I'll play it. With I you. and I will say, like, playing it just like a, a quest before bed is like that is yeah. right up my alley. Like, it I'm literally feels like I'm just like a reading a chapter from a book. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you found a way to to do that. Yeah. It's it, gonna take you a year to beat it, but. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually like okay with that. You know, like coming no, back I'm to joking, it here and there. You're playing. Um, it, you, it won't. It won't. It, it'll only take you like a month or two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Cool. Cool. I'm excited. Next week, what's your update? Yep. Um. All right. Um. So I'll catch you up on some God of War, man. I'm still going through okay. God of War. Um. I'm getting pretty far along now. I'd say I'm probably about 60 to 70% through. So I'm almost done with the game. Yeah. I saw, um, I, I tuned in your stream yesterday and I saw yeah, you dude, get the, thank you. that was a lot chaos. of fun. I'm glad that yeah, you that was cool. hopped in for a while. Um, and then, Hey, if you're free Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to keep it going. Okay. We'll um, see. No promises, but we'll see. No, totally. And, and yeah. you don't owe me anything. I just, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but last night, so, I had mentioned at the end of my last stream that I was probably going to do a little bit of grinding off air because uh, I'm eager to finish God of War. Um, and as saving it for stream has been cool, but uh, I'm I, new games are starting to come out and I want to stream other stuff and, and I really yeah. need to finish this. So um, I've been doing some side stuff off stream over the weekend here so that when I hop back in, I've got some resources that I, you know, I'm not spending time on the stream collecting resources and doing side stuff for better gear. I'm just preparing for that next story beat. Um, and I went to Muspelheim, which is the fire realm in that game. And the fire realm in that game is basically a series of combat challenges that get progressively harder 
until you reach the the, the summit. It's part of the main and, game. Huh? It's it's still like part of the main game though, like those challenges uh, or yeah, like it's an okay. offshoot. Like okay, when you when like when you get to the fire realm, um, you cross the bridge. Like every every realm has a bridge, just like Midgard does. You're like mm-hmm. moving from that door through the bridge, and then you're like in the realm basically. Mm-hmm. And the fire realm is full of these uh, giant swords that are shoved into the ground that are speaking to you or like Atreus can hear them. Uh, he can like understand them. Um, it's like transistor. They are, they are calling you to face the challenge that they pose. Okay. And so you can accept their trial and then they are different. There are a series of different combat trials that reward you with resources. And it's funny because Kratos often, um, he justifies spending time there as saying this is going to make us stronger and more capable for our future like trials and our combat that we'll face. Mm. And he says that for everything. So Atreus like is like, Hey, if you're so worried about, like if you don't care about this, this lake spirit that needs our help, why are we doing this? Like what? I thought you don't care. And Kratos is like, I don't, but this is giving us precious resources that is going to make us stronger. Like you have to think about the end goal. So it's it's funny. It's That's a very like they, fatherly thing to yeah, throw in there exactly. too. Exactly, and it's also a justification for those in-game moments. So, yeah. so the fire realm is that, and like Niflheim, which is the realm of fog, is also puzzles and combat challenges that also reward you with special, unique resources that are unique to that realm that allow you to craft armor that is specific to that realm. So, so I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, yeah. how, how are the puzzles in that game? Cause oh, I, I, I just, so good. I really <laughs> like, right. I, I, I love puzzles. Okay. And yeah, they're satisfying. That, so I will say like, not to like get back on the Witcher or anything. So, but real quick, like, the I really like the uh, investigative stuff in The Witcher. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like I like I love Sherlock Holmes and uh, and I, I just it's really well done in The Witcher. Um, yeah. uh, using like your Witcher senses, you know, to go like find stuff. Um, I do wish there was like I'm not saying like make this game Phoenix right or anything, but I, I wish there was a little bit of like problem solve like like the player problem solving. And I don't know how you could do that or like even like puzzly type stuff. Um, but, um, b- but there is a little bit in that game. Okay. That's good to you hear. Find some. Mm. Yeah. I wish they like, and this is not like a serious knock against the game. Uh, I wish like with how often that stuff comes up, I do wish there was like some kind of like puzzle solving with each of it. Um, mm-hmm. Because you you see like Geralt make realizations and everything you know and right. uh, and you do to an extent still like kind of get high on this like discovery oh. um, um, through him but I just wish it was like some like your own realizations and I'm not saying like I know I how to do that or yeah. anything but uh, okay, that's valid and I, um, I, I and they do have a little bit of that you will you will come across a few that require you to engage mm-hmm. with uh, the prop with like the riddle or the problem or something to actually riddles. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. God of wars is they're good because they are 
they're like just the right amount of challenging. Mm-hmm. They require actual movement finesse uh, often. So it's like the solution takes doesn't take forever to figure out. Like you're like, okay, wait a minute, let me think about this. And you've got to like look at your surroundings and figure out how you're supposed to approach this problem. And then once you figure it out, it's about executing it properly so that you actually do it with a little bit of finesse yep okay and it and it's so satisfying because of that because the first step is you figuring out how to solve it you know in your mind and then the second Mm. is is executing that solution properly um and it's really good it's really good Mm. um interesting i am really i I, one thing i heard about early on about that game is that the puzzles are really good and I got they super are. excited. I like it's very surprising. Yeah, it's I mean, very surprising. I, I could just like play a puzzle game, you know. Like I fucking love right. puzzle games. But like whenever puzzles are done well, like within like Zelda, you know, uh, yeah. or like come up naturally, that is like I'm fucking on board with that shit. Um, yeah, there is a whole there is a whole like vault in God of War that is full of puzzles. Okay, uh, yeah. that there's like a whole hour long awesome. segment that is just puzzle solving. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. and All it's right. like the last thing that you would think would like. I know God of War had its puzzles, but the way that it manifests is like you would not think that they would have the balls to do it. You know, like what do you mean? Like putting combat on hold for a while. You know, like uh, and, I see what you're saying. And saying like I, I like I said, I know that the other God of Wars had their puzzles, but they were usually really, really, really simple. And some of the, require, I, I think there was a good amount that were like pretty good, but I, yeah, I guess for the most part, yeah. I, you get, yeah, sorry. maybe I'm maybe I'm undervaluing them a little bit. Yeah. I think I'm really high on this one. Is probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, last night, so the past two nights, I've been trying really dip, really hard to beat this one trial. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've said, I'm playing this game on Give Me God of War, so it is very hard. Um, and I came across a particular trial. So the the different trials they have different things where it'll say kill all the enemies in two minutes, and then it will immediately bring up an enemy counter and it says fifteen, and then you have two minutes to kill every single enemy. If and this is just all, something the sword is like. Hey, this is the trial, you know? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You like put your hands on it and like accept the trial, and the sword like like particleizes and disappears. And then enemies start coming out of these caves and shit on coming out of the ground. Okay. Um, and you're like proving yourself in a sense to, to this mountain, like to these swords. Um, and when you win, that's pretty cool. It, it, it spawns a chest that gives you resources that are unique to the fire realm that can only be used to upgrade special weapons and equipment and stuff that are like often fire related or uh, armor related that has to do with like defense or something. Mm. And the same thing with the fog realm. It has like the fog realm. When you go into it, you immediately start, you have a bar that shows up that starts dropping. And it is because mm. being in the mists of, of Niflheim drain your life in a sense. Okay. So you can only be out in the mist for that amount of time. And you can start to gain resources from running through. So every time you go into the mist, the whole layout of the map changes on its own. Mm. Like it's procedurally generated to change. Oh, and it, is it done it well? Does. Yeah. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah. It becomes like a labyrinth with, huh. with, with, with like walls that close and open and stuff. And, and you are trying to, um, find three runes spread out through this map and you're throwing your ax at them to spin them to the correct symbol and then you are heading back to the beginning of the labyrinth to see if you opened the chest Hmm. and then you are opening the chest and taking the resources and if you run out of time and you have to leave the mist to get your bar back up the whole labyrinth changes and the symbols change so you have to be quick and you have to be and and enemies are fighting you the whole way through as well (laughs) so and you can start getting resources and crafting armor that allows you to spend more time in the mist. And the longer you spend in the mist, the better the resources get. The further in the mm. in the maze that you travel, the better the rewards are. Interesting. Yeah. Some like interesting things at play here with the Yes, trial. it's a very good grind. It's a very, very, very satisfying grind, and you are being rewarded. And you need those, like, my at least my play style, I really, really liked all of the mist armor. So I spent a lot of time in Niflheim grinding out those resources so that I could max out all of the armor mm. uh, for every piece. So I want to ask you, uh, when it comes to games, do you tend to wear what is best or what looks coolest on you? <laughs> Uh, I actually had that problem in this game recently. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I like. I don't like giving up what looks good for what is better. Yeah, me I either. don't like doing that. Me either. Um, Unless it's like a serious, like the... serious, like, it's going to really inhibit me. Um, uh, but right. I've rarely come across yeah. situations where it's like that. Like, you'll wait a couple levels or something. That's why Heather and I were actually talking about this last night. And Destiny does a really cool thing where you can, like, you can sacrifice the piece of armor you have and transfer its stats over to what you currently are wearing if you if you want to keep your cosmetic that's like fucking the cool. cosmetics of that yeah. armor yeah good on that it's very cool yeah. um so in god of war like i was like fuck i keep wearing like i was still wearing my mist chest piece from yeah. the end of my first playthrough and yeah it was starting to become a problem because enemies were getting more difficult and my other parts of my armor and my enchantments were getting stronger and i wasn't changing my chess piece and i finally found a chess piece that i like wanted to change for the stats but it covers up his entire chest i really liked the one i was wearing that was like a a strap across his chest so you can see all of his muscles and his tattoo and stuff yeah but this new one covers up his entire body and i didn't like that at first but as soon as i equipped it and looked at him in the world i was like he looks fucking badass what does it look like it changed oh was um it's like tinted uh what which one the mist one one? yeah yeah it's like it's it's tears armor chest piece so it's like got two two uh like wolves on the front of it Mm. and it's got a red gem on the back at the top and it's a lot it's like it's like a like a um, like a dark cyan or like Mm. a teal with gold Mm. it it looks really and it's fucking bulky it's real big on him um and he looks way better than I thought he would like when I was going to put it on. Um, mm. And now I'm happy about it. But yeah, it was a problem. Anyway, yeah. so uh, a lot of these other trials are things like that. Or some are like gold rings will appear on the map. And it says only enemy kills within the rings count. And you have to kill five enemies within the rings. Mm. And then sometimes the rings will start to disappear and go in different parts on the map. So you have to 
You have to try and get the enemies in the rings and kill them inside the rings. It's a it's a unique challenge. So this one was defeat 100 enemies. Okay. And they don't just send grunts at you the whole time. All ogres. It starts with some grunts, yeah. And then they send a traveler at you, which is a really big dude in armor with a massive sword. And then they send two travelers at you. And then they send three ogres at you. And then they send an ogre and a traveler at you. And they are sending these other grunts at you at the same time. And it got to this point where it was spawning a lot that like heat up their hand and like create a a ball of a fire and then they throw it at you. So I could not stop moving. I had to keep going. But when you attack, you're standing still for a second. It was so hard. I spent so many hours Friday night trying to beat it and I was losing. And then last night I got on and I only tried for like an hour and a half or two hours, but I fucking finally beat it. And holy shit, I had no health at the end. And that's another thing. None of the enemies are dropping health. None of them are dropping health. Like one drops health. So you can't get hit for a hundred enemies worth of people. You really can't. So yeah. you have to learn how to, like, what is the best playstyle to stop enemies from do- from hitting you, to kill them as quickly as possible, to shave down the enemy count. It's fucking hard as shit. You did it. Yes. Man. Yes. That's, and just to be clear, but this is on Give Me God of War mode. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, on the hardest difficulty where I really can't take more than two hits. Yeah. Or I'm dead, especially depending on the enemy. So yeah. like if I get hit with a fireball, not only does it do some damage, but it sets me on fire and my health just starts dropping on its own. It just starts mm-hmm. falling. And yeah. and you can't the only way to cancel out that fire is to go into a Spartan rage. And either I don't have the rage or I don't want to use it right now because I'm not fighting the three ogres and I want to save it for that moment. Right. Like shit. Oh, like Ben. So uh before like Right soon after this game came out, and I've done this with other God of Wars, I'll just like look up a compilation of all the executions, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I had seen them all before I asked you which one was your favorite. And you said the ogre, correct? Yeah, I said I think so. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say you were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one is Wait, like. He just like hacks that axe into his, into his mouth. Yeah, and, like, close lines well, him down to the ground. Be- before that, though, so like he he jumps off his back, catches like his like in his mouth, he like catches uh, like his uh, uh, his skull with his axe to sling him to the ground, and yeah. then so like and after the axe exits, like his like mouth is already fucked up a little bit, and then he just double down <laughs> and just like and, in like, between his him. jaws, and yeah. so not only that, but then. When you take it out, like the way his jaw just like slings there afterwards, and like you see his gums too yeah. that are like all bloody, it's like, oh my god, this is like the most visceral thing. Oh, so I remember game. another really good one though is the Wolver. Oh, where you just tear off their jaw. Where you grab their bottom jaw and rip it down yeah. there, like entire and like front it, of their, their jaw doesn't come off, but it like yeah. rips down their yeah. like chest. It's like mm-hmm. that one was pretty good too. Um, uh, I would say another one. <laughs> um, when you so when you stun an ancient, like when you stun any enemy, you can grapple grapple them. You know, you can like grab them yeah. and like try and do a finisher. 
But if you're fighting an ancient, which is one of those like really big rock ones, you oh yeah, I saw that. You, like, yeah. you shoulder ram him back onto his back basically and mm-hmm. stand on top of him and then you just start punching him in the chest and you just start and you're doing that you know you're pressing punch or kick so you just right. feel every single fucking hit yeah and then when you win you rip it out well for the revenant when you stun a revenant you grab them like sort of by one hand and then you start fucking clocking them in the face like you're just fucking punching them in the face. That's what you do with the like wolves, I think. Uh, before yeah, you rip yeah. Their jaw and then out. you can fucking yeah. knee them, and then you do the same thing where you like grab the revenant, like you grab their head and you just rip it in half. Damn. You just like grab it and shred it in half, and then you throw their body. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Dude, some of the uh, I yeah, I know it's no it's no like God of War or anything, but like some of the executions in The Witcher are pretty visceral. Hell uh, yeah, dude. Like uh. Yeah, they're like it really they're feels so like your blade is ripping legs. through these guys, you know. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It that's the thing is like it doesn't necessarily feel like is a hot knife through butter. It feels like you're like ripping and tearing through people, you know. And yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, they bounce that out pretty well. Um, Definitely. I think. Yeah, it's a weird oh. thing that like that is like satisfying. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, because like and actually like the whole reason I played The Witcher. The whole reason I started playing The Witcher again is because I watched you play God of War, and I was like, no, these executions are, like, really satisfying, and I know there's something along these lines in The Witcher. And it, Okay, so that's the thing. Uh, uh, so, I like, I love the dialogue in The Witcher, and I like the story stuff, you know? Um, but then uh, I thought about, like, how much I don't like the combat, and then after you watch, watching you play God of War, I looked up Witcher combat, I was like, okay, this is actually like pretty visceral and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I could see, I could get used to this, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, and it is like satisfying. It's we, it's a weird thing. Like, uh, um, I know it's like a like my mom would hate me playing these games, you know, or like, right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I remember my mom was like over my shoulder play when I was playing Gears of War. And I had the blood turned off. You can do that's an option in the game, you know, um, to turn off gore. <laughs> and I chainsawed an enemy, and she was like, "Ah, God, I can't believe you like play this game, Rylan." I was like, "Oh my God!" And, if only she would have seen it. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't know. It's like it's still satisfying. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, isn't that weird though? You think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's more to it, though. Like, especially with games like The Witcher and God of War, they make it feel good. Like, yeah. there is a feedback that when you press a button and you are, like, slamming into something, that really makes you feel powerful. Does the controller vibrate, too? Yeah. 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 And yeah. it, but it perfectly, like, just perfectly. Yeah. It's fulfilling our primal urges that we're unable to express in our uh, in our civilized society, Ben. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, man. Um, so, yeah, God of War has been going really well. Um, uh, what I was going to say, um, Heather and I watched a movie this week. Oh, yeah? We watched the new Jumanji I heard it was really good. 
It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's they funny. Everybody was shitting all over that movie when they saw the trailer, but it turns out it was really good. I thought it was going to be shit. And then when I, I actually heard that it was good before we went to watch it, but I still tried to keep my expectations low. Right. And, you know, it wasn't, oh, my God, and I wasn't laughing my ass off the whole time. It was just a fun movie. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was not a bad movie. It had fun with what it was doing. It was self-aware of its ridiculousness at times. And the, the chemistry between the char- the actors just works. <clears throat> like, And Jack Black. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> like a 16-year-old popular girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it sounds Amazing. so dumb when you explain, it's like, what it is. Great. But, uh, like, is, is Kevin Hart in the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's the big football guy gets changed into Kevin Hart, and then the nerdy kid becomes The Rock. Okay, yeah. I mean, when you like on paper, you see Kevin Hart, The Rock, and Jack Black, who hasn't been in a movie in a while, you know, and that they're playing like these kids in different bodies. You're like, okay, no, I'll pass. Yeah, you know? exactly. But exactly, it sounds it's, like a, yeah. it's gonna be bad. Yeah. I really want to see it. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It was good. Cool. Um, you mentioned basketball earlier. Yeah. I thought of you this week when I was out doing some favor. Um, I was make a bad joke there. There was a pause, but go ahead. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped by this park because I was looking for. I want. I was like, man, dude, I'm not getting any orders. I want to find a way to work out right now. So. I was like, there's got to be a park with a pull-up bar somewhere. So I tried looking for one, and I thought, like, I Google searched, like, outdoor exercise park or something. And I found one that seemed like it might fit the bill. And I go there, and it's, like, 8 o'clock at night. It's attached to an elementary school. Okay. Like, it's literally right next to an elementary school, and I think it's where these kids go to play, like, recess and shit. Mm -hmm. Um but it becomes a public park for the city after 5.30 p.m. That's cool. On every weekday. So it felt weird because I was the only person there alone yeah, at night. Yeah, at an elementary PM, school. And yeah. I parked in, an, in a school parking lot. <laughs> right. Um, But there weren't any pull-up bars, but there were like some kid jungle gym stuff that I was able to do pull-ups on. Um, But they've got a legit basketball court, mm. out like an outdoor basketball court with, nice like like regulation height okay i was about to ask if it was regulation height or like yeah. height. okay like okay so regulation height you can't dunk but you can like you could grab if it was a net you could grab the net right yeah yeah definitely okay so yeah. then yeah the regulation height because i can't i couldn't reach the rim but i could reach i could jump up grab the slot the, the, net. the net and then pull myself up to the rim you know okay yeah yeah like i could do that so yeah, exactly. Not little kid ones, which was surprising. Um, mm. But they've got like four and then like four uh, or two, I guess, two, you know, back side to side or whatever. Mm. And then another, a third that's like actually under a cover up in case it's raining. Or oh, raining, whoa. Or it's sunny. Yeah. Um, and I was like, fuck, dude, I want to I want to play basketball right now. Oh, really? I want a basketball. Oh, my God, dude. I, I want to practice. And so I was like, damn, I wish Rylan was here right now. We could fucking yeah. shoot some hoops right here. Yeah. Dude, I, like. When you come into town, we'll go. Yeah. I think my dream for you 
<laughs> in our friendship <laughs> is that like you get into basketball and, and like we end up in the same city and then we go like go to the rec and play basketball. Um, I I like basketball. I just never got super good at it, but I played it a lot and I played it a lot at Tech. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. That yeah. Is, I was about to say this is like a regret. It's not like a serious regret or anything, but like I wish I would have played more basketball at, at Tech. Yeah, like I played with um, or at uh, least Alex, who team. didn't go to, who wasn't going to school there. We played with him a lot, and then did like random pickup games with strangers. And then mm-hmm. uh, when we were at Murray, I played with Charlie. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Charlie's pretty good too. Yeah, Charlie was really fucking good. Yeah, and he, and sometimes he take it too seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, dude, I'm not like you don't have to be mad at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I say him mad at me, but. He, typically uh-huh. kick my ass um yeah but yeah i remember playing with you i had a fun time um it's just nice like if like you don't have to play a game and you can just still just shoot, shoot hoops or play horse you know and it's yeah. still fun or you play knockout you i know? love playing horse dude yeah horse is love awesome it. um basketball is like ugh, i fucking love basketball so much it's the same um, thing with throwing the football i like or throwing like remember last yeah. time we came in we threw the frisbee like that was fun i like I like when, like, if we have a football, I like it if you give me a difficult throw that I have to, you know, really work for to try and catch. It feels good to, like, chase that ball down and put my body on the line and get it, you know? Oh, my God, dude. I could see you getting off to, like, fighting someone for a ball, for basketball, uh, like a loose ball. (laughs) It's like, dude, it's so satisfying. Well, when you get it, you know? But, like, to, like, I mean... Uh, you're not like throwing bows or anything, but like there's still opportunities to be aggressive, you know, with the pickup games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. Let's uh, let's get into this best of the year. Let's wrap this up okay. this year or last Re- year. All right. One last basketball thing. I think you and I should do a March Madness bracket this year. All right. You want to? I mean, I am. We can talk about it more. Undereducated, but that's the thing, though, is it doesn't matter with the March. <laughs> well, so with March Madness is like there are so many opportunities for like people's brackets to get fucked up that it's, you, there's no possible way of knowing like anything okay. for them. Sure. Um. Anyway, let's do it. All right, cool. We'll talk about it more later. Um, as you were saying, Ben, kick us off here with our with our game of the year. Or not, I, wow, I said it. Game of the year. Uh, thing of the year. Been watching too much Shy Bomb. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, so we left off. We're going to start it up with best shows, TV shows. Mm. Um, and last year was 2018, so really all I want to talk about is a Mr. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, so I see you here on the Google Doc. You have, <laughs> under our best shows, you have Anthony Bourdain, Tony Bourdain and Mr. Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, all three of them, incredible people. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I don't believe that this man was underrated in any sense. Does but it bother you when someone says he's pretentious? Because it bothers me. Have you heard that um, before? No, because like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anthony Bourdain is so far from it's like someone who's like on. He's just confident and 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 opinionated. Like, 
yeah, he's not, he doesn't think that his way is, I mean, fuck, how could you possibly say that somebody who put him, like, who put themselves through what he put himself through, yeah. then just, it, like, yeah, it, it really bothers me when people throw around that word, you know? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, um, sorry. Uh, but just parts unknown and no reservations, um, I couldn't watch after he passed away, and I really? still haven't. Still haven't. Oh, that's really sad, dude. I, uh, the, like, sad, sad to hear. Sad to hear. Not sad that yeah. you can't do that. Sad to hear. No, I know. I know. I am. I'm ready to. Um, it's just, and it's okay. And here's where I don't want to come off as pretentious, but after he passed away. There was a lot of talk about how like watching some of his episodes were uh, so different because you could tell like he was struggling with something. And I was like, how could you not tell before he passed away? He's not hiding his dis his disdain for things in those shows when he writes about things like he's very honest in that show and in, in both of his shows and he has a lot of very dark moments and he has a lot of very uplifting moments too. But like this guy's favorite book was Naked Lunch. You know, like he he he's a recovering addict in yeah. like addict to what? things. Uh, uh I believe heroin. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And and also an alcoholic. Yeah. And once again, <laughs> not shy about that stuff. Right. That stuff that's was not a secret. It. Yeah, it was not a secret. Um, his challenges were not a secret, and he—he's just like his words are dripping with detail. Everything that he would say and everything <sighs> that he would explain, and he just had such a way of seeing the world that was incredible to me. Um, that I like am so envious of but so also at the same time like you know happy to be able to consume right um and like i said i don't think in any way that he was underrated but i feel like he will for his writing will forever be underrated because you can't possibly like for me you can't possibly give it enough like recognition Hmm. i mean especially in those shows they are incredible yeah. His writing is incredible. I don't think I've ever watched... Uh, I don't know if I've watched one of his shows before. Oh, man. Would you recommend starting with No Reservations if I was to start? Uh, that seems like yeah. the go-to, but I'm not really sure. What else? Well, because uh, Parts Unknown was the later one, right? Okay. Like, No Reservations, yeah, was his... Was his um, I think. Let me look it up. I shouldn't say start. If I were to watch one, what 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 should? I oh do? no! Oh shit! <laughs> well, no reservations is the long one. So um, I guess yeah. Part yeah. Parts see. unknown. I know no reservations. Were they, were they all on? Oh. What? Or were these all on Travel Channel at one point? No. Okay. Um, I no reservations. I believe started on the Travel Channel. Okay. Um. But it, I think it moved, um, and then Parts Unknown was not. Okay, I could Are be you sure. sure I, I think it, I think it was, but I'm not sure. Uh, on the Travel Channel? No, it yeah. was on CNN. Uh, oh, they, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 
Um, Parts Unknown is like no reservations perfected, but there's no there's no better. Like they're okay. both they're both incredible because in both he goes to different locations in both of them and. <sighs> I would say some of my favorite episodes here. I'm, lo- I'm looking at a list real quick to try and refresh. Mm. I can tell you right now, the Congo is a must watch, um, okay. but maybe shouldn't be your first. Cause it'll like <laughs> all elders will feel like, or what is it? Man, I feel so stupid right now. What is it called? What is the area called in Africa? Is it the DCR? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You don't know, or the like the Republican Congo part, or like okay, yeah. I, I'm gonna stop talking because I feel like I'm. <laughs> um. So, so the Congo episode is the one that I'm thinking of, and it is the one that you should watch. But DCR in Africa, maybe it's the D DCR. This says something right here. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it has to do with an area in in africa that is one of the most dangerous places in the entire world because of the constant warfare that is going on over there over the land and 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 over the people um and the congo episode touches on it and it is fucking phenomenal and he you know definitely talks a lot about uh, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse yeah. Now and stuff during that uh, during the Congo episode um, but there is a scene where they are going down a river in a boat and they have no food mm. except for the chickens that they uh, traded for at a village along the river and so he tells the crew I'm the chef I'm gonna cook you have to kill the chicken and they have you know, Anthony Bourdain has killed chickens. They have never killed a chicken. They don't, you know, the camera crew is a camera crew. Um, and he's like, this is a part of you learning how to respect the area that we're in and respect the food that you eat. You're a human right now. You are hungry. If you want to eat, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. (laughs) You're going to have to kill this chicken. Um, and that whole that part that whole episode just amazing i do think there's something to that like that i think we're so far removed from the food production process you know Mm -hmm. that it is like to the point where it's like where we eat meat but like we can't really imagine or incredibly uncomfortable with um like someone like skinning a deer or something you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And I, I know I think that's something like totally lost on people and so far removed from the process that it's it I think it would be beneficial for people to like be a part of that process in some way you know what I mean at some point mm-hmm. in our life mm-hmm. um, I, I really want to see that and I hope they um, I hope they um, touch on like the camera crew and their experience with it or I don't know. They do a really good job. Okay. Okay. They do a really good job. That whole episode is incredibly affecting. Yeah. That sounds affecting. I think, yeah, that was a perfect word there. 
Um, cool, man. Anything else? Uh, no, dude, just Anthony Bourdain. I miss <laughs> Cool. And yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it, when I saw that on the news, like I immediately thought of you, you know, I knew that you're, you had a serious love and, um, admiration for him, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I was a little, I guess I was just a little concerned about you when I saw that on the news. I mean, um, he, he like, he made me want to travel. I guess like I don't think I had an inherent desire to explore the world necessarily Mm. I definitely wanted to sightsee you know like Mm. of course like I want to see the beautiful mountains in New Zealand or in Iceland or something like but that's sort of like a who wouldn't want to sort of moment um Mm. he made you know the the he 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 de-romanticized a lot of it and therefore made it way more interesting like and he delved into the culture and you know he uses he uses food he uses eating and things like that as a vessel for culture and travel it is you know it is a constant reminder that at the end of the day, or like in all these other cultures, like across the world, mealtime is so important right. where people sit down and, and, and talk over a meal and drink over a meal and, and they create memories together. And it is, and he's not, it's, this is another one of those things about him, people maybe being surprised by his depression or something. It's like, he doesn't even shy away from like, sometimes you can tell he is so happy to be there and his writing reflects his happiness for it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, he's looking through a window at it and his writing reflects that. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't hide that stuff. And that's good. I think maybe it's because it's definitely like even more apparent well, before if you well, maybe, well, <laughs> all the shows I have, I know they didn't hit as hard for me as they did as Anthony Bourdain shows hit for you. Um, yeah. Um, he doesn't, it's not, but, not none of it is about the bullshit what what do you mean just like um like you mean like for other shows where it's like oh man look who we're here look blah 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 blah. like anthony bourdain has a genuine interest in the places that he's in to where he doesn't have to butter it up or try to sell it as something else he puts it as it is and how he feels about it and he's honest Yeah, it seems like it. And that honesty sells it. That honesty is what makes yeah, it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, whenever, like, genuineness comes across on a show, that's, like, or a movie or anything, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about The Witcher and how, like, these characters feel genuine, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, they don't feel like side characters necessarily, even though they are. Um, like, they have their families, they have their uh, complexes and... I don't know. It just feels like way more human, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Um, let's see. So for my shows, so I'm just gonna run down the list here. Uh, <laughs> Mad Men. So I was uh, working on my second time through that show. I I really, 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 really like that show a lot. Um, <laughs> the Office. So I finished Office for the first time this year, and it's just a funny show. I uh, there's not too much that needs to be said in the Office. It's a great show. 
Uh, Parks and Rec, another one. Like everybody loves that show. Um, let's see, Halt and Catch Fire. Have you heard of Halt and Catch Fire? I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we, yeah we talked about it. And you were familiar with one of the actors from that show. Um, yeah. That. Uh, so I saw like years ago that was it was showing on AMC, um, and this was around the time I think uh, Breaking Bad was ending. Um, and so like AMC, like already had established pretty good track record with deep shows, you know, like I, I really liked hell on wheels. Uh, I really liked breaking bad. And I was just, I was super interested in, um, this show, which was like taking place, um, uh, around time when like, uh, Intel, Apple and all these, uh, tech companies were like racing to market, uh, personal computers, you know, and, and develop them. Um, and yeah, that show is really, 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 really good. Um, they like there's some really good uh, female representation and like male dominated inter- industries in the show, and it doesn't feel like hand fisted the way it's presented. Um, like it, it feels like meaningful and um, like there's some strong woman characters who don't feel like they're there solely as like representation. You know what I mean? Um, like they address, uh, like the, it being a male dominated industry, you know, and them having to kind of carve out their own space with it and have their own style. Um, and not like just act like a man, you know what I mean? Um, like there's a scene, uh, pretty early on. Oh man. It was like this this woman and her husband they had to like give up um doing like more like tech development stuff uh after this failed project because it like the risk of doing that again was too much um to like bankrupt them now when they have kids. So like they have kids now and like providing for their family is is more important than like taking those kinds of risks. You know what I mean? Um and so the, she finds out like the husband is, uh, ha- like secretly, um, doing like this venture, like capitalist thing, um, and like taking that risk and not informing her about it. Um, and so she finds out about it and the, 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 there's a little bit of conflict with her, uh, and her husband. And, uh, he says something like how, uh, this is like, this is like very important to him, and this is something that is like inherent to who he is. Um, and like, frankly, like uh, this is like more important than like my family right now. Um, it's like not more important overall, but like this is I, this is just something I have to do. And she uh, basically says like. Um, what did she say? She said something like, um, well, I guess I never had the issue of, uh, being like a troubled genius that no one understands or so, or something like that. Or like she's, she presented it in a way that like, uh, addresses like this trope with like, um, with like male geniuses as like being troubled geniuses. Um, and that like, they are more important than like everything around them. Um, 
and that like to be a genius, you almost have to like be a troubled genius or whatever, or have these other conflicts in your life because of your um, smarts or wits or anything. And she is smarter than this dude. Like it, it, they establish that like throughout the course of the show. Um, and I don't know. She just like, she like lays into him in a very like meaningful way that addresses some like tropes that ha- I feel like have never really, I've never really seen addressed, um, you know? And, uh, I, I, and, I, and the show's like pretty, pretty deep in that manner. Um, Cool. Anyway, very cool. yeah, very good show. Um, let's see, American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson trial. Um, yeah, so I was like not familiar with O.J. Simpson trial really. Like I knew right. little things about it. To watch that, dude. Dude, it is like it is fucking amazing. Like, um, especially like not knowing the details of it. Like you really see the cultural impact of that event uh, through this show. And I, and it lands with actors and everything. It lands, I think is way more effective at portraying that kind of stuff than if it was just a documentary. You know what I mean? Um, because they, they are pretty like, they are pretty honest with like what happens and everything. There is a little bit of like, I mean, obviously like uh, stuff to like play to that. It's still a TV show, you know? Um, but they, they cover the events accurately and it is just like fucking incredible. The kind of stuff that gets addressed in that show, like, um, with people's perceptions through the media and how, um, people's feelings surface in things that should be logical decisions. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's like stuff today that I feel like. Uh, is such a huge issue and you see like the early onset of like like this show feels like the like the introduction of these issues to a uh, like um, a globalized society that is able to take in news as entertainment you know Um, and it's just fascinating the way like what comes up everything that comes up in that show Um, it is fucking incredible dude and I and Outside of that, like getting to talk with my parents about it who lived through it, you know, um, kind of like what I mentioned with Itania, it's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, the earth stood still, you know, as like that was going on. And people were like fucking blown away that um, at what was going on and like the divide between the country and everything. And, yeah, it was just such an incredible show. Um, Damn. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah. All right. That's it for shows. Um, All right. Let's see book of the year all right book of the year so this is gonna be a short one for both of us i think <laughs> i mean honestly yeah i i don't read very much um, yeah me either and and i'm not trying to change that for any specific reason other than that like a lot of uh things that i like i you know end up finding out or learning oh this came from a book or right. i read um i read you know, the premise of a book and I'm like, Oh wow, this sounds really interesting. Um, but, uh, they just don't hold my attention for some reason. Um, and I think that's like partly something I can do something about partly something Mm -hmm. I can't. So, uh, which is fine, but I started reading a book called Walden, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who knows what Walden is? Uh, Everybody knows what Walden is. 
Uh, there, I'm sure there's a good amount of people who aren't familiar with Walden. You're probably right. It was, you know, it's very much like a like a high school uh, reading assignment book, though. Okay, um, yeah. Maybe maybe not very easy to read in high school, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely high school and then probably college as well. Yes, Walden by uh, Henry David Thoreau. Um, it is a weird, you know, social experiment basically that he took on to. Um, uh, just test uh, individualism and self-reliance and you know independence and and all of that and and then some point uh, at some you know also like some like spiritual discovery and stuff. Um, it's I'm still not done with it, <laughs> so if that, if that gives you any clue as to what kind of reader I am. Um, but I am uh going back to it every now and then, and there are some things that he says that I really 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 like. Um. And then there's some other parts that are like, I think they're like a bit uh, satirical, but they come off a little like long-winded and it's like kind of difficult to keep reading because it gets a little boring. Like he's got parts where he like goes into every little detail of all the money he's spending on every little item, which is like, like kind of- down his letter. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because of how like detail-oriented he is and how exact he's being and and it's actually helpful as well because then he starts talking later about how much he's selling his, the beans that he's growing and stuff for mm. and like how he's making a profit living off of his own land and, and all of that. And he's not coming off as like – it's funny because he's not coming off as like an asshole to people. Like he really likes having people over and stuff. But it's funny because he's also really blunt about how like when he wants them to leave, he's – He's amazed by the people who don't notice that he wants them to leave by the fact that he stops responding to them in conversation and stuff. Like, he right. seems like a pretty blunt person. Um, but it is, uh, it's an interesting story so far. I am enjoying it. I do think that there's a lot to learn from it, in a sense. Um, when it comes to that self-reliance, you know, being able, I like, those are the things that I admire. It kind of comes back to what we were talking about with the, with the chicken thing. It's, I do admire, um, to an extent you're like remembering where we come from and knowing what we're capable of and uh-huh. acknowledging that like we can live out in the wilderness. Like we can, with the knowledge and tools, we can, build a home and live off the land because it's where we came from and it's what we did. Um, and that stuff is actually really fascinating and sometimes like really enticing. Like sometimes I really like the idea of living outside of a city amongst nature, just sort of like hunting and, and farming and like manual labor, just working, just working like seeing, you know, seeing your results before you. And I know it's way more complicated than that. Um, and I know that there's like, you know, long periods of time where hunts aren't going well and you don't have anything to eat and weather's been poor. So you, your, your, your crops are failing. Um, meanwhile, your Twitter feed's passing you by, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and I know that Henry David Thoreau didn't spend 10 years out there alone, you know? Um, so who knows? Maybe he had like a lucky period of time, you know, that he spent out there. I think, mm-hmm. I think he spent um, like a year. 
He may have spent two years, maybe more even. But, but he, you know, he may have had some luck in all that. Um, whereas, like, if it was a bad year, maybe, maybe his whole book would have gone differently. You know, maybe his attempt at that would have been different because it would have been an like an unusually harsh winter and summer and like his crops would have failed regularly because he does, he does in his writing. At least I am getting a little bit of a confidence that's coming from him and in, in his ability to, to successfully live the way he's living. Um, <clears throat> and I don't, but I, at the same time, like I don't know that he's necessarily ignorant to it. Um, but, but who knows? <clears throat> and, and like I said, he's uh, I'm only halfway through the book, but, he really does have a, a way of, of putting some things into words um, that can that are difficult to put to words. And I'm I'm enjoying it. Has uh, I'm enjoying the way I'm reading it. I just want to read it quicker because I do like want to move on to something new. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm glad you're not giving up on it. You know. Um, yeah, I'm it, trying it, not to because I have a, a history of doing that. Yeah. Oh, me too. It's, I'm sure there's more books I've started and stopped than I've actually read through. Um, but, uh, talking to you, or I think it was like, I think it was like later 2018. Um, it seemed like the book was making a big impact on you. Um, and and I'm, I'm glad to hear you're sticking with it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty bad about like not reading a book for a while. I'll come back. I, I shouldn't say bad at it because it's like, pretty easy to go back to actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, um, and it's also not great that this book is having an impact sometimes cause it's so detached from today's world. Like, so that's my biggest problem with that book is like, yeah, it's there's so some things like, that would feel like a little too high in the sky. Um, yeah. Well, even 100%, but it's, it's, it can be irritating sometimes because the, it is, simply because of the way the world has changed to that point that it feels that way. Like, I don't know what it was like in like the 1800s and and I know they had other problems, but as far as, you know, trying to get the uh, tools and things necessary to go out and try and build on land and stuff was definitely much different than it is today. And your ability to just go out, to just travel out and go hey i'm gonna plop down over in this area and i'm gonna try living over here there's a lot of dangers that you take on but it's like almost impossible today and and it's really difficult um and it's also like not something i want you know right like i i don't want to not have internet (laughs) i don't want to not participate in in certain things that society brings and things like that um but it is so it is and it's funny because it's not anti-capitalism either, right? He talks a lot right. about buying and selling and stuff. So he recognizes that in there. But it is so, like, not today's culture at all because he does mm-hmm. talk about how, like, really what we should do is, like, the Star Trek approach, I guess, is, like, hey, let's uh, really easily show how we can take care of the necessities in life and then just mm-hmm. focus on our personal growth. But – so many of us spend so much of our daily time trying to fulfill the necessities because we haven't really reached that point in society where that stuff isn't a concern, Mm. you know, like shelter, food, water, 
These are things that people still have to fight for on a daily basis, and especially around the world. And like America has it way better than other places. Um, but that doesn't mean that we aren't still also battling that here in America, where there are people who don't have access to clean water. You know, right. Flint, Michigan, that whole debacle, right? Um, and um, I don't mean to undersell it by calling it a debacle either. Um, and, oh, no, you're fine. You know, people uh, who have to work two jobs a day to try and make sure that their kids can have a house over their head, like a roof over their head and can go to school and can have dinner. And like, those are necessities. And this person did this act in the 1800s where they showed how they could basically fulfill all of those needs very easily and spend most of their time writing and, and thinking and listening to the sounds of the world and things like that. Um, which is like maybe that person's, you know, that person like Henry David Thoreau's goal was that transcendence or whatever that required him to pursue those, those activities. But like somebody else's personal growth might be something else. And we're definitely in an era where that's more possible than, you know, elsewhere and stuff. But I think right now, a lot of us are forced to try and turn our personal goals and growth into a revenue stream, um, in order to be able to achieve yeah, that. that you know, you hear that a lot today. Goals is that, have oh, to align with like a career. And... Yeah. You hear that a lot is that, Oh, I finally get to do what I want. And it's, it's because I turned it into revenue. Like right. I, I finally get to travel because I'm vlogging about it. I finally get to, you know, write because I'm selling my writing and I'm making money off of it. And it's that, that is great. It is awesome. Um, and well, there's also, there is a reality and a limitation to how many people can enter, uh, each of those markets before they flood and, and sort of like, there's not enough resources to go around per se. And also, I don't know if this is definitive or not, but like another book, uh, so a book I read this year, uh, at, uh, Daniel Pinkman, I think it was the book drive. Um, there are some things in that book that suggest that as soon as like you are compensated for something you love, you, you it tends to lessen your love for those things. Um, right. and I don't know how true that is or anything like the book is kind of no like, clue. a little bit like a pseudo research book, you know what I mean? Um, but it, I think it's something that is is worth keeping in mind, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so that's my book. <laughs> Talks cool. about it way more than I thought it would. No, that's fine, dude. It seems like it's something that really impacted you. Um, for me, uh, call me by your name. Uh, oh, so I guess I should say these are uh, audiobooks and or books and or audiobooks because um, I I have a hard time staying focused while reading, and audiobooks tend to help. Um, it's nice. It feels like you're being read to, you know. Um, so you call me by your name. We talked about that a good amount on the last podcast, so I'm not going to talk about that. But really, really good book. Um, read a couple Malcolm Gladwell books, Outliers and Blink. Um, I really, really, really like Outliers. It's it's one of my favorite books, I think. Um, and yeah, I like the how that book frames social issues is really interesting. Um, it's sort of a lens I never really thought about. Uh, and just, uh, 
like I, I think anybody who has um, thinks that like people are born with it, <laughs> whether it be like smarts, like 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 Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, um, or or just born with like a inherent um, smarts or like go getter attitudes is like I think should read this book. Um, and he attempts a, a de what's the word like de romanticize that stuff. De rant I don't know what, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Takes a romance house on that stuff and and really brings it down to earth and with some research behind it. Yeah, de romanticizes um, it in a sense. Yeah, which is actually very refreshing for lay people, you know. <laughs> um, and then Blink, uh, Blink is really good, but um, I feel like thinking fast and slow is like it hits on a lot of the same things Blink is hidden at, but it's like way more detailed. Um, yeah, I've also been interested in that one. Thinking fast and slow. Yeah, yeah. by Daniel Kahneman. Yeah, that yeah that book is really 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 good. Um, how they talk about imprinting and stuff. I, Blink is good, but it's like, um, and not to knock it or anything. It, Blink is good, and it definitely has some other stuff it hits on. But um, like thinking fast and slow feels like the definitive. Um, book on imprinting you know and so to like to hear to read another book after that is like eh, it's like feels very generalized um, right but um into the wild uh really 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 like that book and movie that movie is incredible um and i would, and if, if you really like walden ben uh and are looking for like a shorter book to, to scratch any kind of itches that Walden may be scratching. Um, I, I would really recommend Into the Wild. I, I think you'd really enjoy that book. Uh, and it's a pretty easy read. Um, let's see. And then The Diamond Age. Uh, so Diamond Age. Oh, man. How are we doing on time here? Uh, <laughs> um, we've been going for about two hours and 20 minutes. So Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to hit on one part of this book I really, really, really like. Um okay yeah okay so with this book uh or in this book there's this character nell who since she was a little kid there's been this like computer that um helps her learn and so the computer um lets her be like as inquisitive as possible like it doesn't get annoyed with her like asking too many questions um and it, it knows everything uh and so you in this book you basically like grow up with nell and she becomes very intelligent just because like this computer has been like the best learning tool in the world. Um, and, and it teaches her through like these experiences and setting up these stories and situations for her to problem solve and everything. Um, and so there's a part in the book where she's in uh, like this castle essentially. Um, Cause I, I think it will create, it's like, it will create like VR experiences as well for her. Um, and so she's in this Turing castle is the name of the place. And she's held, she gets captured and is held in the cell and she's passing. There's another cellmate that she's passing notes back and forth with. Um, and so the, the cellmate is like coming up with like plans to uh, get out of this castle and basically, Nell has to figure out whether or not this is a computer or an actual person to whether or not she can trust this person. With me so far? 
Yeah. Okay. So it's a Turing test, right? Um, and so the book, like, maybe I'm a dumbass, but like the book, I feel like leads you to believe like beyond a reasonable doubt that this is a person, you know? Um, like, like you think like, okay, the, it, it, it like they spent a lot of time like fleshing out this part and I thought it was not a person at the end of the wall, you know? Um, and so I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this. Like, let's break out of here. And, um, but Nell, like, this is a part of the book where they really establish Nell's like intelligence and just how, like how much she's learned over the course of the years with this computer, um, is, uh, she like, she starts, um, she's still questioning and she's like, this is not like beyond a reasonable doubt yet. Um, and so she's trying to come up with a way. And so she, to f- figure out whether or not this person, um, and so she writes poetry in her notes back to the, uh, the computer and it's beautiful poetry. Um, and the, but it's like, there's an undertone of like suggesting escape and how to get out. And the, oh. and the, and like, that's like a, like a theme of this thing, but it's not stated blatantly or anything. Um, and it like totally like goes over the computer's head as like something that is like communicating, um, like actions or like next steps and stuff. Um, and so she, she finds out that it's a computer and you as a reader are like, holy shit. Like, it's like, you you see her intelligence in that moment because you've been like at least me I was thinking that like um, she does thing after thing after thing to test this thing it's where it's like you think it's a person and then you find out it's not and she like was able to solve it in a way that you didn't even think about it was like holy fuck it was just a really really outstanding moment of that book for me um, cool man yeah and like me like in like riddles and problem solving stuff like that right, was yeah. that was that was fucking awesome um okay cool so ben you want to introduce this next one yeah sure okay. so um this is where we're gonna get sappy yep <laughs> now this is uh we're just gonna talk about something that we appreciate about uh each other um before we move into some like uh decisions that like the worst decision we made last year and then like decisions we're proud of. Um, mm. And, you know, I'll say something that I really appreciate, appreciate about you, Ryland is I think that you provide a really conscious criticism that is uh, helpful and not pandering. And mm. honestly, that's pretty rare today. You know, I'd say like the only other person that really does that for me is Heather. So, especially even like amongst my other friends, which, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's like, I think it's just something that you either do or you don't do. That's probably it. When you, know? you say pandering, do you mean like validating where you're yeah. like coming from? And like, you're not worried about like how I'm going to feel mm. when you have something to say that I need to hear basically. Mm. You know, you're, it's more important that I hear it than that you like try to like tiptoe around making me upset or something. And like for us to like, if I like you are upset, 
like to work through that, you know, as friends. Um, yeah. Um, because like I, there's like, why I've always been this person, but like, what the fuck could someone like it have to, you'd have to do something really intense for me to not ever want to talk to you again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like really intense because mm-hmm. people make mistakes um, and people have opinions and mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Or like we were talking earlier and you mentioned that some guy didn't like you because you didn't like a movie that they liked. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, how shallow are you? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, First off, then, like, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, I I will say, like, I I think... Uh, I don't think that was something that like I was like comfortable with from the get go. Um, I like, was one hundred percent just about to say that yeah. too. Yep. Is um, that like it took yeah. you a while um, to? I honestly feel like through our whole friendship, like since I've known you, you have changed and grown a lot as a person, mm-hmm. and that is that is one place where you have you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not to say that you like didn't have balls before or something like that. No, no, or, no. I got you. You know, like, you didn't have like the the bravery to ever say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I do think the bravery like maybe played a part in it because like I, I growing up like I just I'd never really like had a lot of friends. Um, right. I'm, I'm not trying to be all woes me here. It's just kind of <laughs> how I've been. Like in the world. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know, there's like very few people I feel like I like really connect with. Um, and like my friends have always been like one or two or none, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, and so like when I do like come across like someone I do connect with, um, there is like a fear of like not wanting to lose this person, you know? Because like, uh, or like doing something to like compromise um, this friendship. And, uh, I think you're someone who like, um, uh, I think it was a mix of like one, I got the impression like, like that, like you're enough of a friend to where like we can work through conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that speaks volumes about you. Uh, and then I, I do think there was a mix there of me just like being more honest, uh, and blunt at times. Um, when, when I, when I have those feelings, you know, um, like not, not just with you, but in general in life. Um, and I have received feedback in the past that like, I can be intimidating because mm-hmm. I'm very loud, you know, because I'm, because I am the opposite of that. Like I'm, I'm willing to like confidently shout at someone that I know something or think something mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, not arrogantly necessarily, I hope not, but that like, I know that in the past, like it's people have expressed that it's come off that way, you know, mm. that like, you know, inside my head, like, I know that I don't think that my opinion is, is like better than someone else's or something like that. But like, I do something that people who do think that also do, which is like, don't hold back from sharing that opinion in the event that there's an opportunity to, or something, right? Mm. Like, you know, like kind of like with the Witcher thing, right? You know, we, we talked about that for a long time and there were times that you like fell off of that. And yeah. um, I'm just 
still like hammering it into you about how much I, I love that game and how good it is. Um, regardless of the fact that you just told me that you didn't like it and, and you, and I think like, you know, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just right. trying to hammer in how I feel in hopes of like yeah. converting you or, or sharing that. And it's just, it's a passion thing, you know, like, right. It, I never got the impression you were passing me. off your opinion as fact. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to share that passion with you and get you on board with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, but I totally have realized that, like, you know, over time, like, I, I think I'm more aware of it now than I was in the past. Yeah. That it and, can like totally come off a different way, and I have to be aware of that and make sure that I'm conscious of of like, of not only the way I'm saying things and what I'm saying, but like even my body language. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it's funny like um it's still like even like early on i feel like you and i could like we both just loved arguing like uh over stuff like i uh i never really got the impression that like arguing or at least the things we were arguing about at the time were like things that would ever like compromise our relationship you know it was like it felt like it was enhancing it <laughs> you know uh, like yeah. having differing opinions and uh, it, it's like i i gotta remember um like, uh, there was an argument we got into, um, in front of like a bunch of our coworkers and you and I just like kept going and then, and everybody else was like, holy shit. Like, are you <laughs> like, I, I half the people were like, holy shit. Like, are they actually like mad at each other? And like the other half, I think were like, oh my God, like just stop. <laughs> um, right. and right. I like, I, I don't know, like I did, it, it was still like, something like you and I were like connecting over uh, in kind of a deep way, I thought. Um, yeah, and, we were comfortable with um, that and everybody else was like, wow, you guys are fighting and arguing and we're like, no, we're, we're having a conversation. Like, Yeah, and I, I think like, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think you cut out. Oh, oh okay. I, I can hear you. Um, it's probably the same thing that happened. I don't know if you can hear me right now. <laughs> oh, I can, I can hear you now. Um, okay, cool. So I mean, it's probably the same thing that happened earlier, although yeah. I couldn't hear you earlier. And, and so I bet the recording is picking up both sides still. And we're just like, hello, hello. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but the thing I was going to say, like, uh, so, uh, so something you, you said that like stood out to me was like, um, like seeing me grow. Um, and yeah. I, uh, there's still like this kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'll just say fear of like, um, like us, if like uh, the two of us growing in our own ways of us, like growing apart, you know, like that is still like a little bit of like a fear. Um, it's not something I'm like, like, like catering to or anything or like preventing myself grow or trying to prevent you grow or to grow or anything like that. Um, and I, it's become less and less of a fear because of just like we've known each other for how long now, um, yeah. and I do feel like we've both grown in our own ways, but have still remained good friends. Um, and that I don't have a feeling that that's going to go away. Um, um, it's like, especially like I think about arguing of like how just raw or and like opinionated our <laughs> arguments were early on yeah. and like yeah. it's still fun to have that once in a while don't get me wrong 
Um, but just like seeing how both of us like really like, first of all, like listen intently and then uh, like challenge each other and our arguments is just seems such so more yeah. mature and, and like and realizing fun. when we don't know things. <laughs> yeah, it helps you refine um, how you think and what you think. Like, yeah, you get to throw out your ideas and your opinions and you get, and they get challenged and, Mm -hmm. and it helps you like refine why you think the way you think. And it helps you reinforce how you feel or decide, like learn that you need to like tweak it, change things, you know, like you feel differently about something. Yeah. It's funny. Like this kind of a little aside after reading outliers, I had, I was pretty convinced and still kind of am that like, uh, like ninety nine percent of like our feelings towards uh ninety nine percent of our like our thoughts and opinions on things stem from our feelings and we don't realize it. Um, <laughs> and so like after reading that book, I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm never gonna be able to like argue uh, with Ben again because like I just have this mindset that like none of this matters <laughs> because it's just based on our feelings in the first place. But no, yeah. it's so fun. Um, yeah. Uh. Anyway, um, I guess uh, the thing I uh, admire and appreciate about you, buddy, um, it's pretty similar to actually what you just said. Uh, so I'm just going to say ditto and we can move on. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, just like your honesty, you know, um, I, I think back um, not that long ago when uh, I had some like troubles with like a relationship and um i like i i really like that you felt like comfortable enough to just be like no like you're like like ryland like I, you're in the wrong here you know um and it, it was and it, it's not like it wasn't like it didn't come down to an opinion i was in the wrong there um and and it, like I, I was like pretty like vulnerable at the time, and and like, um, and like sad, I guess. Um, but you were not like quick to like validate my feelings, and I really, really like appreciate that. Like I, 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 I don't know what it is. I've been thinking about this a lot, like lately. But like, I don't need like validation in in ways that. I feel like at least the people I've met need validation. It's like, yeah, I or think maybe like how you personally used to feel you needed. Not even that. It's just like, okay. I, I'm sure I need to be validated like in some way. Like yeah, we all I, do this I, to an extent. I, but I like, for me, it's like, I feel like it's mostly like at work or like at a job. Like it's not yeah. like in my relationships or anything. Um, and like I'm sure there's an aspect of that there, but it's like I I almost like get uncomfortable when people like validate me or who are like especially like people who like don't know me that well. Um, it's like they're thinking like they're trying to like they're it's like a way to like connect with me or something. But it's like I always feel like they're not um, being genuine. Yeah, or like or that there's not room there for to like have conflict, you know? Um, right. and, 
Yeah, I don't know what it is, if it's just something like I'm uncomfortable with, or if it's like an actual perception of like not being genuine. Um, I'm not really sure, but like I, I really admire um, when it, like, uh, I guess uh, your, um, your honesty and ability to navigate those situations, you know, it's like, um, it, I, I think you recognize times where it's like, I just need to vent, you know, like, I, yeah. it's like, I'm not looking for advice here. I just need yeah. to vent. Um, yeah. And then there are other times where it's like, um, you, um, uh, need to be challenged. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, I, you hit it right on the head. It's like where I need to be challenged in something in my own thought process or like, uh, well, cause I, one, one, I hardly ever come to you with something fully thought out, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and so I, I kind of like that in general. Um, I swear to you, it's so funny. I do the same thing. And I uh, to Heather. Like, uh, yeah. It pisses her off, but I'll, I'll come to her with like a, a half baked idea. Yes, or exactly. Or something. And she'll like, like no, no holds barred, just yeah. fucking, you know, go off on me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, but it's so helpful. It, it really frustrates people around me because, like, I'll, yeah. like, I'll, I'll just like, if I'm feeling a certain way, I'll just like try to express that in words without like really thinking about it. Kind of like talk off the top of head, top of my head, you know. Uh, and so I'll be like slow, and like, and like, and with the spacing between my words and. Um, and sometimes like, I'll just say something to like, get it out there to see how I feel about it, whether or not I actually like feel that way or not, but just to hear myself say it, you know? Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're forming a thought in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And I guess like, I totally get that. (laughs) I guess like, um, beyond like honesty, uh, maybe this is like my true, like something admiration of you is like, I feel like I can tell you anything like, like, and not um, be like shamed for it or something or that like, no matter what I tell you, like fucking murder somebody and tell you <laughs> like, um, that, all except for your opinion. I'll uh, fall out <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> it, you know, I'll get into that another time. Uh, but it's like, I, I, I think that is like or something that's really kept like kind of the fear of growing apart or feel or fear of like losing you over like saying something or whatever like at, as like trivial is um, that like I can say something uh, that may not be like a pop- widely popular opinion or something but, and feel like I'm saying it in a safe place, you know? Um, and that even if it is a differing opinion of yours, it's, I, I feel like we grow closer as friends because I got it out there in the first place, you know? Right. Um, yeah. and I, I think that speaks volumes to kind of you being able to kind of provide that environment, you know, as a friend. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny that I think that our last call, uh, uh, there was something that I was feeling like kind of shameful about presenting in the first place. And you were like, no, dude, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks fucking God. Like, I was like, uh, I was like, oh man, this is like such like kind of like embarrassing thing to like, I, I like, I feel kind of shameful even like, um, yeah. but then you're like, oh dude, that's totally natural. 
Like, 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 I was like, oh, thank fucking God. Um, but, um, anyway, anyway, thanks for being a friend, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Cheers to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ha- I guess not to like throw this whole thing off course, but like, how do you feel like our relationship's gotten after we started this podcast together? Like, do you feel like it's changed in any way? Um, I, I really appreciate the, like, the schedule, I guess. And it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a better word for it, I guess. But, like, um, with this podcast, we are, like, able to carve out time mm-hmm. to talk about our weeks and, and stuff like that. And I think it has also encouraged us to keep up more often throughout the week as a result. Um which is just all around better, I think. Mm. Yeah, because uh, like um, I think on average, before we started this podcast, we were talking like for the most part once a week. But I think we started to get like once every other week and like once every few weeks at times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, totally. And I didn't necessarily I mean, feel like, like I was especially, like, especially yeah, especially 2017. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Really. Yeah. Really um, lost contact for a while. Yeah, but it. Uh, and I think this kind of speaks to our friendship. I never felt like I like grew apart from you at no, the time. Totally. Like, yeah, uh, we, totally. we call each other like I'm pretty sure like we call, like went like three months without calling each other at one time, and uh, we called and then we kind of just picked up where we left off, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's a good feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like I, I, mean, I, I if it came down to like I, I I could talk to you like every day, you know, and talk for like Dude, four hours. Hundred you know? percent there. Um, about everything under sometimes the sun. we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, and uh, I, yeah I think we have started calling each other more since this podcast started yeah definitely um, and I'm fine with it uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna need you to hold off a little uh, <laughs> uh, yeah um, yeah I, and no, I think I it's some it, stuff that like I think it's a lot of fun too yeah yeah, sometimes it's like, hey, I need to call you about this podcast thing, and then we end up talking about like a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only weird, the only, the only weird thing is like now sometimes in our conversation it's like, oh, like I really want to tell you something, but in my mind I'm like, should I say this for the podcast? <laughs> that's like the oh, weird, yeah. that's the only kind oh, of weird. Like, uh, it's actually worked out though. It has. Yeah. I feel like like you've said that in a conversation, but then you didn't hold it back. But then you ended up finding something different to talk about that was like equally yeah. as like worth saving. Yeah, I think the first couple times I was like, okay, I actually will say this thing, and then after that, I was like, fuck it, I'm not saving this thing. And so I just talked about it. <laughs> Other uh, things come. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So what do we have next? So worst decisions we made. 2018 do you want to do you want to start us off here with this one yeah sure uh worst decisions yeah i don't have one here you don't have one okay (laughs) well because like i think uh i think 2018 was okay i guess worst decision leads into my best decision which like my worst decision was returning to uh, a workplace that I had previously left um, and while I left for some pretty specific reasons you know I went back 
for different also specific reasons. Um, there were sort of pros and cons of this company and I'm just not going to put it out there, but <clears throat> that worst decision was going back because it led, I mean, obviously it had to be, I mean, it led to my, one of my best decisions, which was leaving that job because I was in a mentality that I felt like I sort of had to stay there. Um, I kind of felt like I couldn't let myself leave in a sense um, for a variety of reasons, I guess, you know, like I don't, I don't, when I think about it, I don't necessarily think that it was like a fear of failure. Um, but there was a frustration there of like, I was trying really hard to carve out a, a place for myself, you know, to like <clears throat> snuggle in, feel welcome, <clears throat> uh, enjoy what I do while making money. Stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I really tried to put my head down <clears throat> and, 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 you know, run through the trenches, so to speak, but it did not, it did not work. <laughs> it was, I guess that's the worst decision. There you go. The worst decision was, was like trying to, uh, push through, uh, being at a job that I hated, uh, hoping that either things would get better or I'd feel differently. Um, but it didn't, <sighs> things got much worse. And to the point where I would, you know, we talked about it a few podcasts ago, right? Um, that like, I've experienced anxiety for the first time in my life in 2018. Um, or at least an anxiety attack, you know, like an actual attack. Um, and that like that position is where it all, or that, that company's where it started. And so, you know, trying to get further away from there, cause I felt like that. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it. Something about something about working in that position and 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 being with them just made me start to like lose a grip, you know? <clears throat> like not start to be uncomfortable in my skin. Um and I don't know why, but I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel challenging it's not about something to overcome um it's not about something that i want to work through right that's what i thought at first so i tried to do um it's like just seriously something that makes me feel uneasy and unhappy and so i was like this is obviously not gonna work and i started like realizing things that things that shouldn't matter too much started mattering more right like lighting (laughs) Like the lighting of the room I'm in, like those are the things that you don't rec- the don't realize when things are going well. You don't think about the lighting in the room unless the lighting is like specifically adding to what's going well, I guess. But right. like starting to think about how the lighting is like making me feel down or something, you know. So best decision was getting out of there. Um, and I guess I can tack on a lot of other things. I get my best decisions of like taking some risks and, and doing things that I've like thought about doing for a while, but just haven't done like streaming. I like it when people watch me play video games. I think a lot of people do uh, like, like, like it when people watch them. Uh, I know also, I know a lot of people don't, 
I know a lot of people hate it. I mean, we, I feel like you and I talked to this, talked about this and Heather, uh, talked about this, um, how like, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but there's, it feel, it felt like there was a little bit of like this, like, um, what's the word? Like hesitation to admit that like, we like other people like see, like seeing us, uh, in that way or like getting our, getting our stuff out there and like, yeah, having that kind of connection with people in that way. I, I, I felt like, at least for me, there was like, um, there's kind of a little bit of like this thing of uh, like insecurity of like, I, like I need other people. Like I need like their kind of validation through this thing. Um, but it really like, I, I feel like I learned so much about myself. Um, like yeah, sure. There may, there may still be some validation there. Um, there, there probably is. Um, but like, I, I feel like I learned so much about myself by putting myself in those situations and um it's really like the true like looking glass self of like i'm actually like seeing myself outside of myself because you're a video now you know and it's like there there are some things like i talked about with uh like periscope but like i never realized i like I, i saw some like serious hindrances with like how i problem solve that i would never really would never have really like picked up on or at least the full extent of and then if i would have watched myself like that you know um yeah and it's really humbling in that regard and yeah we're, well we you know we're in our mid to late 20s so mm-hmm. we are kind of from that generation that got introduced to all of this stuff like this mm-hmm. all of these things were sort of changing as we were growing up and a lot of people like hopped on board and then, you know, a lot of people didn't. And I think like, we were a couple of the people that didn't, you know? And, oh yeah. I was very skeptical and, still. You know? Yeah. And everybody else, or not everybody else, but you know, the, for the people who did hop on board, you know, they uh, quickly became comfortable with that reality. Mm-hmm. And for us who sort of stayed detached from it, it continued to be, maybe yeah like a something that was a little scary yeah like i totally thought like i was looking at like all these like streamers as like wow these guys are like caricatures of yourself you know and it's like mm-hmm. uh, i feel like you're kind of like whoring yourself out for uh for viewership <laughs> but uh then like some are <laughs> uh well yeah sure there's certainly some of that and some loud mouths you know um but i would th- th- that that was like a personal thing where like I, I uh, that that really prevented me from seeing the people who were being genuine, you know, and who were using yeah. this as um, something that was just fun, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and I it took me a while, but I think I'm, I'm getting there with like yeah, me too, putting myself in those situations. Yeah, me too, and this is you know this is just another step. This podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. Or millions of viewers, all that pressure. Yeah, um, billions. Yeah. You yeah. keep getting it wrong. Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, guys, you're sending way too many emails. <laughs> yeah, please stop. <laughs> Our inbox is flooded. Um, Don't stop. We haven't received one. <laughs> yeah, we have not received. <laughs> the only emails we've received is from our podcast hosts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, so for my worst decision, uh, I was actually debating bringing this up. Uh, on a podcast. 
Um, not because it's shameful or well, I mean it's shameful, <laughs> but, but that's, <laughs> that's not, not the reason. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I'll just say it. So like this, uh, the best lessons of life are the ones that hit the hardest, you know. Um, and this is definitely one of them where I learned a very valuable lesson. Um, so at a at a job, um, not my current job, uh, but like a past job. I'm not gonna say which one or anything, but um, uh, there was like a time like fairly early on where like uh, another coworker and I had a fling. Like we're just like around each other long enough to like connect and like had a little fling, and then besides like um, this is maybe not. Uh, just, we're just not feeling it. Like it was fun while it lasted, but like we'll just, just be friends or whatever. Um, and kind of went about our own way and everything. And and no one like really like knew about that or anything. Um, like there's not like some of our friend coworkers knew about it, but like our bosses didn't know that, you know. Um, and it wasn't until like way 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 later, like in that job, that um, like this was a so this was like um, we talked about earlier about like me. Um, I feel like, especially in like last two years, um, I've felt way more comfortable like being expressive uh, with like what I'm feeling and allowing there to be conflict between another person and I, and not being like worried about this person like not liking me or whatever, um, or like that. I like this feeling that of like like I'm burning a bridge, you know. Um, um, and there was a I, I grabbed. Uh, I grabbed drinks with um, this like coworker, and I got like uh, I got like pretty like we both got a little drunk, uh, and not to like use that as an excuse or anything. Um, but like he um, he asked me if like I had any like kind of like flings with anybody in the office, um, and I was like, oh, we're like we're both adults here, you know. It's like. Um, no, like no big deal. It's like, um, and so I like I, I shared that like yeah yeah this other person so and so and I like had a little fling like early on but it was nothing and all of a sudden I really didn't like think that much about it um, at the time. It was like now oh, we're both adults and like this is the reality of like living with or like working within close proximity of someone for a while, you know, um, and then like. Um, afterwards is like, fuck, I like totally didn't all respect this person's privacy, you know? Um, I had totally, that was super shitty. Like I, I understand like, uh, like I'm trying to be like, or not trying to be that I've been like more open and honest lately about like how I'm feeling, but, uh, that's something that I felt like I was doing that at someone else's expense in a serious and wrong way. Um, and I, 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 and honestly, I, I don't think I realized the extent of like how bad that was until like, I kind of mentioned it casually to the person. Like, like we like grabbed lunch one time. Um, and I just like, like mentioned it casually, uh, kind of like, Oh, like we're both adults, you know? And like, this is like a stupid, like little thing. Um, and, but, no, like we still both work at this place and this is something that is like, that was, um, did not need to be out there, you know? Um, mm. 
And I just felt, and that's the, and like, that is something that has compromised my relationship with that person. Um, and like, she was, she was very upset. And I was, I was like, I was, I was incredibly sorry. I, like, I felt like shit. Like, I still feel like shit about it, frankly. Um, and, um, and, but, uh, like, that was, a. I, I, I deserve that, you know? Like, I, 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 um, like, this person deserved to be upset with me. Um, and, like, this is something that could, like, it was like very like unprofessional for me to say in the first place, you know. Um, and um, yeah, it's like, hey, I don't know. I just I'm like I feel like felt such feel like really really shitty about it. Um, and I and it was a very um, hard lesson to to learn, but uh, certainly an important one nonetheless. Uh, with kind of. Um, checking myself in that regard and that being considerate of others, others' feelings, uh, when at times where I feel like, eh, I'll just, whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, what about the uh, flip side? Best decision made? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, going down my new career path, um, I'm not going to share like what it is or anything, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, um, I, we've talked though, like I, star. um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I haven't picked a good name yet though. Um, rye guy, the shy guy. Yeah, there you go. Um, just wait till never mind. that. I was about to say something gross. Um, um, but, I, I am someone who like puts a lot of emphasis on or on kind of the work I put out or like or the work I do. Um, it's something very important to me, and like I feel like if I do go to or whatever job I'm doing, I try I like invest myself fully there, um, or, or to a large degree, um, and I just try to soak up everything around me and just try to. It's something like very important uh, with like my identity, I guess, is is, a, is the work I do uh, and put out. Not just like monetary stuff, but like if like hobbies and projects and things is like um, I, I just I put a lot of value on like the work I put out, I suppose, um, or my ability to be creative and work and everything. And I, I do feel like I found a career path that. Um, it's very satisfying for me. Um, it, it, awesome. it took it took a lot to like realize. It, there was this feeling of abandonment with my like previous work, and that yeah. I was not like sticking with us long enough, or that I, I just was giving up, you know. Um, but it it was it certainly opened the door for um, something that was way more fulfilling to me. And, um, and for a long time too, I, I foresee it. Um, um, I, I, it's something I foresee as like being a lifelong commitment, um, in, in a meaningful way. Um, 
I mean, obviously hard to say. That's probably pretty arrogant yeah. to say that right now. Oh, well, I mean, um, at least you're going in there eyes wide open, you know? Yeah, I don't see, exactly. like, any serious things that could make me not feel that way. Or, that, like, any, like, conflict in in line with the job is, like, worth working through, you know, for the long term. Um, yeah. I, I know awesome. I'm talking around some stuff there, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then that wraps up uh, last year. Yeah, finally. Yeah, finally. So um, our last thing before we wrap up this podcast is just to uh, throw down a couple of uh, 2019 predictions. But I don't really know, you know, like what to say. Um, Really, I guess what I want to say is uh, that – I predict that this podcast will go from billions of listeners to trillions of listeners. Yeah, naturally. Excited, yeah. excited for that. Um, and some of the, uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of movies. Um, that's for sure. I have um, no idea what movies are even coming out this year. The Avengers wraps up this year. That's it. It wraps it up. It's not yeah. keep you on. Huh. No, this is the end. That's weird that Marvel's yeah. wrapping it up. It's. Huh. The last one, man. Why would you? I'm skeptical. There's no way they're not going to continue banking it, on. There's been a roadmap. There's been a roadmap. Okay. This is it. Huh. All right. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's an also there's another mainline Star Wars this year, right? So mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um. I swear, there's a billion other. I mean, that, those are some good ones. going to have another comeback at some point. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, I mean, but really, dude, on the video game front. Yeah. Uh, I know some people have said, I, I don't know. I feel like I've heard some people say that like 2019 maybe doesn't sound very stacked. It sounds stacked to me. Like early on here, I think we have the Resident Evil 2 remake is about to hit. If it didn't already, I can't really remember. Um, but I, I'm psyched to play that because I've never played Resident Evil 2. Um, it looks really good, too. It looks fantastic! Yeah. It looks fantastic. And um, Anthem is going to hit. I hope that that is good. I'm going in excited and optimistic. Um, and then, you know, like Rage 2. The the Last of Us 2 is, is apparently supposed to be um, this year. Mm-hmm. Um Gears of War 5, Doom Eternal, Dying Light 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Metro Exodus. And then, like, I don't know if it's coming out this year or not, but they haven't said whether or not Ghost of Tsushima is going to be releasing. Um, And then Cyberpunk 2077, they have also not said whether or not that could come out this year. But when they showed it last year at E3 they did kind of hint at it not being ready. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those um, generation writing games that is going to come out on both consoles, both this current gen and then also the new gen release Mm -hmm. um, and just be like the optimal way to play it is on the new console, maybe um, next year because next year I think is that that's the new console timeline, right? Like I think, that's when they're planning on dropping the consoles is 2020. Mm-hmm. So, so ben, 2020 or 2021, but 21 sounds too, like too much of a wait, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, uh, man, I want them They're to, of course, like there. I want them to take as long as they possibly need, you know, but. Oh, on cyberpunk. Yeah. But yeah, I really want to fucking see that game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially like going back to the Witcher is like, man, like, yeah, like I get like, there's some things I fell off of, but like the dialogue is so fucking amazing in that game. You know, and just like the world that they build. Yeah. And I am personally like, and like uh, sci-fi speaks to me a lot more than fantasy. And so to yeah. see like CD project red, like take that on. It's like, Oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> to ta- but to take on like real cyberpunk, not like, I mean, no offense, Deus Ex, but not Deus Ex Cyberpunk, which is, I don't know, Deus Ex does a really good job. I, like, I fucking love the Deus Ex games, um, but they don't have the attitude that Cyberpunk 2077 is is, is bringing, yeah. like, and that's a big part of it. That's why it's called Cyberpunk. Like, there is a yeah. lot of attitude in that world. Um and it looks like it's just going to be dripping. Yeah. With like everything. after watching the gameplay and like gameplay trailer, it's like there could be a, a, a its own Black Mirror episode within every inch of that world. You know? Like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like how like people like get like addicted to the stuff and like how I don't know. It's just uh, so Ben. If I had to stack rank for you the things that. Like knowing you, the things that you're excited about for 2019. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a top four, and you tell me if it's if it'll. Is this with the assumption that all of these games? Yes. That, yeah. Okay. That all these are coming out. Um, so Last of Us Two is number one. I feel like with you. Oh, you're stopping there. You're not gonna do all four. Oh well, that I've. Okay, I'll, so I'll do all four. I'll do all four. Is that with the assumption that Cyberpunk is coming out? So I was going to do Cyberpunk as number two, but I feel like the first two could go either way. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Okay. Okay. And then uh, next, uh, I was going to say Anthem and then Doom, um, but those are another two I feel like could flip-flop. Yeah, I don't know, man. Dying Light 2. Oh, yeah. You did like the first Dying Light. Yeah. 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 And then if you saw the stuff they were talking about with the second one where – you are going to be actively affecting the city and changing the the, the city by helping different factions and things like that. <clears throat> they're doing a lot to that game, and they're also making it like you know, Dying Light One. The rooftops were like your safe haven basically <clears throat> uh, during the day, but now they're showing that like the rooftops are going to be like there's going to be more verticality to the enemies too. Like oh, they're going to cool. be. They're going to be soldiers who who have like whole bases on rooftops now, and because it's going to be a much more dense urban map that cool. is going to be connected, and they're they're going to have they have like walkways between buildings and stuff. So, all right, we'll see how that all shakes out. That sounds pretty interesting. If you had to guess what game I'm most excited about for 2019, what would you say? Most excited about? Oh yeah. man, that's hard. Yeah. Um, uh, never mind, I'm not I would say after hearing after hearing your reaction to Doom Eternal, yeah. I don't think it's Doom. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think you're excited for it, but I think you're also a little reserved. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it's probably Sekiro. Uh, so that's probably a second. My, oh, okay. My, uh, okay. First is Slunky Two. 
Oh, it's oh. like a two. <laughs> is that coming out this year? Uh, yeah, it's coming out 2019. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about that like crazy. Yeah, dude, I fucking love the first Splunky so That's much. That's why you like, need to buy the Wi-Fi extender. Don't you want to show me yeah, how to play this game? I do. What's going on? Like, uh, I mean, I also want to like, uh, I don't know, just visit Houston and play that. I know we talked about that a little bit, about me yeah. coming down to Houston to play that game and me finally beat Yama. Uh, but holy shit, I could have my own podcast for that game. I fucking love that game so much. Um <laughs> And I really wish uh, there was like a, um, there was some way to see how much time I played in like or I've invested in that game because yeah, I really want Sony to implement something like that. Yeah, what the fuck, Sony? Um, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully they're working on that, and that's why they can't show it E three. Um, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't want to take people off that project. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> yep, hit it right on the head there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Splunky uh, 2, really excited about. Oh, there are some reservations, though, with just kind of what I've seen. Um, and then uh, Sek- Sekiro. Sekiro. <laughs> um, Sekiro. Uh, Sekiro. Yeah, I. Uh, Shadows die twice. Yeah, I mean, I know they've been shown basically the same Is there fucking a more thing. Japanese title? I don't know. I know it's just like <laughs> Japanese lettering, I think. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what FromSoft is doing. I really, really, really like Dark Souls. Uh, really, really, really like Bloodborne. Um, probably would have played more Dark Souls 2 if it wasn't on a PS3 controller. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I'm just excited to see it. Yeah. Eh, awesome. You, you know the PS3 controller. It's like yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's not very good. It's not yeah. very good. The PS4 yeah. controller is phenomenal. Yeah, going from a PS4 controller to a PS3 controller. Is Dude, like... that's another thing. Like, okay, another prediction. I think that they are going to... Oh, this is hard to say. I think Microsoft is going to tease the new console this year. Yeah. They already, last year at E3, Phil Spencer said... He already said... He said and the team is working on Project Scarlet. He was just straight up transparent about it. He was like, "People, we ha- we have R and D is working on the next console." Mm-hmm. And with the way that you're seeing the production wind down, and with the fact that Sony is skipping this year's E3, it's because they're getting ready to to win, to be to be out the gates on the net on the console release, ready to go. Because they know what happens. Both Microsoft and Sony know what happens if you don't win that initial launch. The 360 beat the PS3's launch and the PS3 never caught up. And now this time around, the PS4 beat the Xbox One at launch and the Xbox One is not going not gonna to catch up. Right. Now, it's funny when people look at these numbers and they say, oh, my, maybe Microsoft's in trouble. The Xbox One has sold so well, it's crazy. Like, right. the reality is it has not sold as well as... The tail of that thing has been so long, you know? Yeah, it has like not it's... sold as well as the PS4. But PS4 is selling extremely well. But right. it's still doing very, very, very well for them. Like, mm-hmm. the reality. Yeah, rocky and start. they're making smart moves. And so that's why I think Sony's stepping out because they're trying to make smart moves. They want to... They want to make sure that they're launching 
with their shit together. And I'm starting to think, you know, when you're looking at these consoles and the changes that we've had, we're reaching a point where like, I'm questioning, are the new consoles going to have new controllers? (laughs) You know, like, do you make a new, do you make a new PS4 controller? Do you make a new PlayStation controller or have you That's kind a good of question. Like, yeah. Have you kind of like I don't know. Like this is kind of it's kind of perfect, right? I mean, what do you right. do? What do you what do you change about it? And then the same thing with the Xbox. Like you've kind of perfected your controller at at what at what point even the the 360 to the Xbox 1 was some pretty minor changes except for when you like hold it, then you realize like ergonomically the Xbox 1 controller is much uh is made better to fit your hand than the 360 yeah. controller is. Also, I fucking um, hate that light on the PS4 controller. Oh yeah, God. Well, they're probably not going to get rid of that because of VR. But that so that Ugh, brings me to my next point. God damn it! That brings me, me to my next point is that's probably the next thing, VR. VR. Like right now, Sony the PS4 the PSVR has actually been very successful for them. Yeah. So they're going to want to make this next console like focused on VR again and yeah. the, hopefully fix some accessible of the VR you know like yeah yeah and so Microsoft's got to be doing that right they got to be what are they yeah, doing I don't know. and they were apparently working with Oculus at some point so you know everybody thought the Xbox One X was going to have a port for it or something mm-hmm. a capability to run uh, a Rift headset or something like that um but it didn't and so, and, and with Microsoft having the, I know the HoloLens is a different thing, but having the research that got poured into the HoloLens and all of the information that you learn from using the HoloLens, um, definitely doesn't count out that they could be working on their own VR headset. Right. The question is whether or not that's a smart investment right now. You don't want to flood the market with all these VR headsets, which was why, you know, them potentially, if they were to team up with like, oculus and then even htc or or a valve or whatever and say like hey we just want like all the headsets to be compatible with our device go buy a rift go buy a vibe mm. go buy whatever you want and you can play it here just like yes, we are. On pc <laughs> yeah uh, yeah as opposed to saying it has to be like our headset right i think that's probably the smarter the smarter move uh your only problem mm. there is that you can't control pricing yeah and- exactly and yeah. Sony has a leg up on that. So. Holy shit, yeah. But the experience uh, matters because there are people who don't like the PSVR for where it falls short in performance and, and the experience. Um, so, like, maybe you're willing to cough up just a, an extra hundred bucks to get something that's a way better experience with, like, you know, higher resolution lenses and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I've never played a PSVR game. Done VR. It, all the VR or things I did were like more experiences rather than full fledged games. Um, but it is. I, I was pretty skeptical of VR being like a fad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I actually do think there's something there um, mm-hmm. to expand on. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. I think it, it is shows that crazy even VR that that's with its a limitations thing. Is capable of delivering uh some pretty worthwhile experiences yeah holy um, shit like uh i mean resident evil 7 was completely playable from beginning to end in it oh my God, i couldn't yeah. do it yeah i played it for a while and Fuck was like that. this is fucking nope. intense 
It's very, yeah. very, very intense. Yeah, there's no fucking way. I want to try it again, <laughs> but honestly, I want to try it with uh, I want to try it with a better headset because uh, I didn't I didn't really have a bunch of problems with tracking when I did it, but I, uh, the resolution is very low. Um, oh really? Yeah, it's yeah. not horrible, but it is not clear. Like it, it there yeah. it is it is pretty low, especially for your eyes. Like being that right. close to the to the lenses. Um, yeah, I, so. do you know is that kind of an issue with the VR in general? Because I feel like everything is kind of like just a little bit blurry, at least from my experiences. Um, not uh, yeah, that I mean that's resolution. Um, they're so the Vive released uh, an update, right? The Vive Pro, mm. and that had higher resolution lenses. And then they just actually are releasing a new one um, that I think has even higher resolution lenses. Um, but it also has this uh, this new technology in it that is actually a really, really big deal. I can't remember what it's called, very technical term, but basically what it does is it only it has eye tracking and it only optimizes what the eyes are looking at. So that way when you have a VR headset on, most of your uh, computing and, and graphical resources can be committed to where the eyes look, which allows those places to look better than the periphery. And so, but it's quick enough to respond so that when you look somewhere else, where you were just looking sort of degrades in quality and where you're now looking sharpens. Um, And so it allows for uh, a way higher fidelity experience by reducing what you're not looking at. And there's actually a lot, that's actually going on in general right now in games. Okay. There's this new technology on some of these NVIDIA cards that do something similar. They take sort of things that are in the peripheral vision and they sort of reduce the quality of those places because you're not going to actually be looking at it. So you're not going to be able to tell the difference in quality. So is that something that helps optimize performance the game? 100%. Um, Okay, that's interesting. 100%. I mean, Um, it allows you to go further. Right. So like where you would cap out at your like, oh, man, all of my resources are being utilized 100 percent. This is how great right. my game looks. They're able to say, OK, well, let's make the, the part that they're looking at look even better by reducing the other parts in quality. Mm-hmm. And like I said, NVIDIA's is like, like, say you're playing a shooter. It like optimizes the like the middle of where you're going to look and then slowly degrades in quality as it gets further out to the edges of the screen to the point where if you just stand there and then you like look at your monitor and go down and like look at the ground, you'll see that, you know, maybe the anti-aliasing isn't very good or something. Um, but while you're playing the game, you have no idea. Like you have no idea cause you're not right, looking right. at it. You're look, you're playing the game. You're actively engaged. And so it allows them to be smarter with the resources they're using and, and, and really like, you know, squeeze more out of what they're using. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, man, they have I, they have to. If that's the route they're going with VR, they better fucking nail that. Otherwise, that would be. If there's any kind of lag there, you know, fuck that. No. Oh um, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it is weird. Like with VR, with my experience from it, it's like there's things that are like blurry in a way that things in your peripheral vision are blurry. Um, and so there's just kind of this weird dissonance of like, I'm looking at this thing that feels like it's a, it should be in my peripheral vision or something. I don't know. It's weird. Or like my eyesight's degrading. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, do you want to end it there or do you want to talk? Uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. There was like another thing that I was thinking of when I had mentioned that, um, the, the Xbox One X actually uses it, and I can't remember what it's called. It's named after one of the engineers that worked on uh, on the on the console and on the on their processors. I don't know if they're using it outside of, uh, like if they're using this trick, basically this like programming trick or whatever it is, outside of the Xbox. Um, but it was a similar thing. It was like a. It was a similar, like, I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, programming or hardware trick or something that, like, found a way to optimize uh, what it was using. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what it was called. For the Xbox? Yeah, huh. for the Xbox One X. Interesting. Yeah, it was named after one of the, the engineer who, who found it. Um, oh, I found it. It's called the Hovis method. Hovis. Hovis yeah. method. And it's named after that person. And it does what um, you were talking about with like the optimization. Yeah. So it's in the manufacturing, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you, have you ever heard the term Silicon lottery? No. I, nope. So Silicon lottery is the concept that, um, as these chips and things are manufactured, some of them are manufactured with less imperfections. So when you go to the store and you buy a graphics card, you are you are like pl- playing a part in the silicon lottery. Like maybe you're going to get a card that's going to allow you to overclock it to a like further extent than another card would. And it would be because that card you know, you, you know, you would say that you won the silicon lottery in, the, in that aspect because that card has less imperfections and it has a higher resilience to you pushing it further. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Hovis method was actually sort of a manipulation of that. Um, look on Tested.com, they're talking about it here, and they said that the variance in the power draw has implications for the cool, how the cooling system performs. So they uh, performs. So the way they're bucking this trend is by making the Xbox one X consoles consume significantly different amounts of power to Hmm. all achieve the same result. Weird. Yeah. Huh? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's. And like, I'm not an engineer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I, even not, like, uh, okay, I guess maybe if I, this is something I never, ever, like, well, I guess maybe because I'm not an engineer, so I, mean, I never would have thought about that as a thing, like, even an option to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's hard to say, because, like, I'm not a fucking computer engineer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, well, let's see. Do you want to wrap up? 
our 2019 discussion with have some goals yeah. we have um yeah 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 why don't you start yeah so uh i mean i it's not necessarily like new year's resolutions for me or anything um uh, most of my goals are like career related and kind of extensions from last year. The only thing that um, I just wanted to be a little more conscious of, uh, conscious of um, is just um, taking in more long, uh, long form entertainment. Uh, I, I noticed that um, I've like uh, had to kind of constantly entertain myself or like have a podcast in my ear um, in transition from, from like one task to another or like even during some tasks or um and like when i don't have it or like i don't have my phone in the bathroom or something it feels like there's this weird void um <laughs> that like i like i am not like getting endorphin releases from these things and uh it's yeah. i'm not saying it's necessarily like a problem or anything but it's something that i'm gonna be a little, like a little bit more conscious of um and 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 try to um, be okay with not kind of being entertained throughout the day. Um, uh, it's uh, I, I just think it's kind of early on, like the like with the accessibility of all this stuff, it's it's pretty early on to uh, know how it's affecting us in the long term. Um, and if it's uh, I, at least for the way I operate, um, there are some things that indicate. Um, that this may not be good for kind of my long-term uh, or my ability to focus on things or, um, or do things that are hard, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that, that's maybe it's not stuff that like extends to other people, but I feel like it may be an issue with me. So I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious with um, right. the time I set aside for entertainment in general. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm with you on that a little bit, you know, just trying to, and I've already started, uh, slow things down a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, uh, I know we've talked about in the past, like that. It, I do a lot at one time, a lot. Like I mm -hmm. like, uh, I'll have like a, a podcast going while I'm like watching a show and I don't know, fixing a computer or something, you know, right. like, I put put a lot of things on at one time and simultaneously I'm just sort of pounding myself with stuff. And I've uh I've decided to take a step back from a lot of that. For a lot of the same reasons, just like you know, if I don't want to do something, I should kind of just learn how to embrace that and and do it anyway and and maybe not listen to a podcast while I do it because like uh, it the podcast is making it yeah. easier yeah and to make it chocolate covered broccoli you know yeah there's a there's a, yeah and there needs to be like i need to be com comfortable with being uncomfortable to right. a certain extent and i was like an suck. anti <laughs> anti marketing anti advertising for our own thing here our own podcast right. just know listeners that you should listen to us yeah. when you do everything <laughs> yeah, when you're falling asleep when you're yeah. driving when you're with your newborn cooking yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, when somebody's trying to talk to you <laughs> yeah uh but no i um i'm with you on that you know and i've I've already taken steps to do that i am doing it a lot less um and it does feel good and it feels right to sort of like pace that stuff out a little bit mm -hmm. um 
and then you know I'm gonna keep working towards uh, uh, my my Twitch channel. Um, you know I I, I want to uh, develop some relationships on there with people. You know, uh, entertain people. It's what I love doing. So me too. Uh, yeah, and this podcast is another like I hope this podcast continues to grow. Um, yeah. in number of podcasts and then, you know, maybe a number of listeners, it's okay. Either way, we'll keep doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but it, but it, yeah, it would be really awesome to like, you know, uh, bring other people in on this, you know, mm. that that's always fun. That's what, that's what this whole thing is about. Like, you know, kind of like what we talked about with, um, you know, trying to be less afraid of putting ourselves out there, you mm. know, it's almost like a fear of rejection. As yeah. opposed to uh, a, a need or a desire for validation. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely like coming around to like, I, I think about like the podcast I listen to is like, well, this person's personality clicks with mine, you know? Yeah. And I recognize like that is like not something that's going to happen for everybody, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And like maybe not even that many people or whatever, but um, so like I. But hey, I, maybe somebody's looking for a podcast to listen to and, you know, nothing's really grabbing them or maybe they want more maybe they love the ones they're listening to and they want more and yeah putting it out there why not yeah yeah and i will say uh i think about like this podcast and this year um it seems like pretty like it's not worrisome or anything to think about like doing this every week for the rest of the year it's like that sounds pretty easy actually yeah Um, totally and so that's something that's like i'm looking forward to in that regard me too um, and yeah, happy and healthy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, happy, healthy. I'm going to say rather than happy, I'm going to say content <laughs> with happiness spurts here and there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, then On that's that going to wrap it up for today. Today was a long one. Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. I'm glad we got through the, the year yeah. stuff. So we, don't have to talk about that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all done. Next week. Yeah, it was, uh, learning about setting expectations for Along with that. <laughs> these. these um, all right, Rylan. Well, it was good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you, Ben, as always. All right, take it easy. Until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Wait. Wait, Wait. what? What? Oh, or email. Give out the email. email. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, if you would like to reach us, good catch there. I'm glad you did not end the recording. Uh, our email is, well, I was about to give my personal email. Uh, our email is uh, ketchupcast, <laughs> ketchupcast at gmail.com. Uh, ketchupcast spelled with a C. Um, all one word, ketchupcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a, this is another email address. Um, yeah, we look forward to your emails if you want emails. Yeah, yeah. I want to add an email segment to this podcast so bad. So yeah, me too. Me too. We need them. Yeah. We need them. I look, yeah. I know. I'm like checking the inbox every day. Um, <laughs> and anyway. All right, Ben. I'll see you, buddy. All right. See you, buddy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.